Thank you for listening to episode 121 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is a really fun episode to record as hosts Jimmy Lewis and Logan Tyler were joined by Paul Neff from Cispa Cycles, Kendall Norman, who just came off of Racing Bot, the Baja 1000, Mike Shirley from Rally Navigator, and Andrew Short, who all of these guys are here training for the Dakar, and they shared some great stories, some great laughs, and yes, we even answered some great tech tips. Kendall, I believe, gave Jimmy a run for his money for being a great host for answering some of these questions. It was a great show. You'll learn a lot. And we can't thank our sponsors enough for coming on board. Yamaha, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takamoto, and Bulletproof Designs. Show those guys some love. Now here's the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's Tuesday, like, um, what's the date today? The 7th. 7th. And uh, this would be our 100 and how many episode? Episode? 21. 21st. 121st episode. This amazing show where we talk about what, Logan? Dirt bikes and dirt bike related products. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm a washed up ex-motorcycle racer. And this is Logan Tyler, who is an expert. You know what that is? Not really, but I forgot to. Sounds like a yeah. Sounds like it's a, it's a lead into a joke. Yeah. Did you learn anything today, Logan? Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Other than Again? That, no. Yeah. Wait, hold we're on. Spending, more? Yeah, we're spending uh, fifteen more weeks on it. Right, but so you you have a lot of other classes. There's like math and stuff. That's tomorrow. You didn't do any math today. No. So like Tuesday is Romeo and Juliet day. Yeah. And then that this is not this is just not like building up the right mojo or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe if you hated school all day, you come in here and excited to learn something on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Do you learn something every night on this show? Uh, usually. Usually. OK. I think he gets good examples on how not to do things. <laughs> Welcome to the show, producer Matt. <laughs> Thank you for uh, having me on again. But uh, you don't really have a choice in having me on. I know because there's two buttons that I don't know how to push. And evidently, Logan doesn't know how to push because he's not learning enough here at the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday show. This is the show where we answer your motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions. We answer nine out of ten of them with 70 percent accuracy. Like what? 80% of the time, something like that? Yeah. What does that average out to? 7 out of 10 to 80% of the time. Yeah, right. whatever I did. You're supposed to be doing the math. Remember? 73%. Right, okay. So, uh, that's another glad point. everybody is um, joined in on the chat room. We have a lot of special, we have a lot of potential with special guests tonight, but it's, it's going to be really Interesting to see who who will step up to the challenge of being a special guest tonight. Uh, Logan, who is the show brought to you by? Uh, Yamaha. Right. Scott Sports. Yes. Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takamoto, Bulletproof Designs. Okay. So George and Ricky. George and Ricky. Yeah. Has Ricky paid us yet? I don't no, know. no. And he hasn't gotten me a logo yet. And we either. don't have a logo. We, we just covered that, actually. Okay. So you, you did further negotiations. Further no negotiations, yes. Kind of like, kind of like the, the other sponsor that we're not saying because you forgot to send them an invoice and then we and you determined that they didn't pay us. Well, I did realize that, but also they just haven't responded to me. Okay. So. Well, sometimes you got to be pushy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ricky, where's the logo and the money? We just We just deal with cash. Cash is king around here. We can't send cash. Hey, Bulletproof Designs, 
they bring you the uh, the front disc rotor protector that's on Mike Shirley from Rally Navigators. Titanium. Husky factory rally bike that he's riding with us this uh, this week. Uh, Takomoto makes probably every other part that is on Mike Shirley's bike, or at least you can get it from them. That's takomoto.co. DDC makes super awesome sprockets that I run on all of my factory rally bikes, whatever brand they are. A lot of the boys this week are running trail techs and some of the boys don't need to run trail techs, but other boys do because when they get lost, they can look at the track log and get back on and, uh, and then they can fix the problem. And later tonight we'll find out how much they're using. We're, we're going to find it. Oh yeah. We haven't gone to the, we haven't, well, no, actually I, I, if they have the trail tech, I don't really get to see where they went. Cause they, they weren't running the, Oh, some of them were running the bolt systems. Uh, climb makes the gear that keeps me warm when it starts to rain, but I didn't ride today. I stayed inside cause like witches die when they get wet. You know this Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott sports goggles, good goggles. Andrew Short wears Scott goggles. He's happy with them. Is he in here or is he hiding? He's in here. And we got the new Andrew Short. See the jacket up there? Yeah. Added to the collection in the uh, in the in the schoolhouse. And of course, Yamaha Blue Crew. You're gonna do a Yamaha Yamaha read? Yeah. Experience pure performance and exhilarating power with the full line of Yamaha two, YZ two-stroke bikes. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore what's new for 2022. The re-revised YZ125 makes for the perfect step-up machine. Featuring all-new engine, revised six-speed transmission, new brakes and suspension settings, improved rider ergonomics and with aggressive styling, and more. The YZ250 also delivers improved rider ergonomics, new front and rear brakes, updated suspension settings, and aggressive styling. For a truly race-inspired look, check out the YZ250 and YZ125 Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Editions. And for the next generation of riders, the YZ65, YZ85, and YZ85LW deliver big bike specs in a smaller package. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter Victory Zone today. And if you want to watch more YZ125 stuff, go to dirtbiketest.com. That's the, the place that we do on the internets. And there's some good videos and a really good riding impression. I think both me and Matt agree that the most fun we had in a motorcycle in the last month would have been on the YZ125 that we tested. Mm -hmm. Yes. The new 2022. And Logan, you didn't get to go. No. No. You bummed? I was wasting time at school so a little bit oh, oh boy <laughs> yeah okay so we're gonna dive right in what are we gonna dive into the chat questions oh yeah there's That's there's a great dive uh a great dive yeah great dive question yeah great chat question which uh logan should be pulling up right about hey let's see let's see let's see who in the chat room can guess who's gonna be our first guest i i threw some names out there but there's a few people around if you follow us on social media actually if you follow i think if you follow me on social media you they actually no. you follow them on social media and they take pictures of me and I, I try to get better followers or something like that. Isn't that how it works, Ricky? Something like that. Something like that. Ricky threatened to not come on this show the other day because I wouldn't give him a schedule. 
he wanted a schedule of events. And I'm like, would we? <laughs> That's because poor old Preston was freaking asking me questions. Preston, yeah. Well, he doesn't know. He's 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 learning. So uh, okay, what's the, what's the first one? Curly Stoker, I sent you my money to your grinder account. Did you not get it? <laughs> Shoot, I make jokes about that, and I never <laughs> check. Yeah, Curly, it's Kyler. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I, <laughs> I thought we always dealt in cash. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you could transfer. That's like, nah, that's weird. <laughs> Next question. It's a whole new Patreon. Chris Smith. Uh, chalk one up for Andy Short. You're first on the list. Uh, Chris Smith. Yep. J G R and improved power and cooling. Do you have any experience with this kit? Just a, a gimmick or anything noticeable? I think you missed half the question. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, just, I see it right. I see it right yeah. here. So Christmas. He I was, says, uh, I was going to order new plastics for my 2010 YZ450. Was reading about the Cycra PowerFlow kit. Of course, they have the whole spiel about it being developed for JGR and it proves power and cooling. Do you have any experience with this kit? Just a gimmick or anything noticeable? So I actually do have experience with this. I, when I was at Dirt Rider in 2010 or 11, we actually got uh, that kit. And uh, it was, it, they they were actually doing, trying to do two things on that particular kit because that's when Yamaha switched the motor around. So they were trying to direct more air into the intake, you know, so into the air filter. And then as well as they had this kind of, aerodynamic venturi kind of thing to to flow some more air around the outside of the radiator and then cause a a a, a vortex in essence to you know suck more air through the air uh, to the radiators uh i did not notice any difference uh whatsoever i think if I recall, I'd have to go back and read what I wrote to remember specifically. I think they were actually like a little bit, kind of a little bit wider. And the bike was already, back then especially, the bike was actually a little bit wide. That was one of the biggest complaints. So I don't, um, I think if you're getting good pl new plastics, psychoplastics are actually really good. Uh, I've had good success with them. I use some of their stuff on like the the tail flap. The What's the mud flap on the back of the KTMs that the our tires always wear out because we're going so fast that they ex expand and you know it's usually on a Husaberg is when because it like that thing stretches tires and i mean i'm not talking like stretch the knob the tire actually grows in circumference because it's trying to come apart yeah uh so yeah that chris that'll i think you'll be fine um i don't i don't think you're what you're going to uh get is um yeah, I think I think back then the air the air intake was a little bit restrictive. Uh, like if you were running the bike on the dyno, but for normal things, I don't think it was a problem. Okay, Todd Kelly, where are you guys placing your antenna for the buddy tracking? So I've put the antennas everywhere um, behind the behind the number plate, orientated in both different directions. Uh, on the front fanator orientated in both different directions. And sometimes, you know, so they say it's really important to have them orientated a certain way. And I have not noticed a big difference uh, in riding off road with them mounted almost any place. So now I actually 
I mount them to, because I switch them between so many different bikes, I have all the wires and stuff encased into a a single um, kind of a unit so that the so that the wires are literally, or the buddy antenna is literally stuck on the bottom or the base of the the um the aluminum dock or in the instance where i have it in the protective dock it's mounted on the base of the kind of the, the protective billet case so i i think that if you're a radio guy you could probably tell me i'm wrong but i didn't really notice a big increase or decrease in performance because i i was real specific because i was told in the beginning i was mounting them so they were call it horizontal on the back of the number plate and um didn't haven't seen a decrease in performance mounting them other places so hope that answers the question eric garrett setting sag on my 2020 22 gas gas ec 250 manual recommendations 110 millimeters seems like a lot to me but what are your thoughts on sag starting point so he's setting it at 110 mm-hmm and he's not has he is he said he's not happy with it or he that's just, just that he thinks that's low. Yeah, seems like a lot. So I've I've talked about sag a lot in this program and it's just a number. And I watch a lot of different people set the sag however they however they do it especially when we're into especially intros especially when there's like a large different group of media there and the manufacturers, they'll run up and they'll grab and they'll balance the bike and the guy will sit down on the bike and I watch him. And then, you know, one guy sits in the front of the seat and the other guy sits in the back of the seat and another guy will stand up and there's all these different ways of doing it. And every one of them yields a different number. In fact, if you just move five to 10 millimeters forward in the seat, it'll probably raise it up a millimeter in the back. I don't know the exact numbers, but depending on where you sit and how you take your sag, how you check your sag uh, makes a big difference in 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 the in the number you get. They have a recommendation, but and they also probably will tell you kind of where to sit and how to do it. The way that I do it is I sit on the seat so that my my the sides of my calves touch the sides of my foot pegs and my feet are dangling, and I'm just very just balancing the bike and my feet are not really touching the ground. And they always want to balance. I'm like, no, 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 let me do this because when I touch my feet to the, to the, to the point, you know, the kind of the tips of the foot pegs by doing that, I'm putting myself on the exact same position on the bike every single time. So I'm indexing myself so that I know that my reading is consistent for me and it's accurate for me. And, and I know that whether I'm doing it by myself and I, I have a, a sag tool that, ASV made this really interesting tool that would that would measure its you know it, it would measure itself. There's another tool in the market that actually works pretty good too, but um, don't talk about it. Uh, but there there is a way to to do it and then consistent. So you get a number, and that is your SAG. And so I would set it to start out with. I always set it at the manufacturer recommendation, and then I know this, and then I determine how the bike works, and I say, hey, I want the the you know, if it's good, I don't need to change it. Fine. I don't change it. And then I know good. I'm, I'm good with the standard sag, which is for the most part, pretty consistent. But if I want a little more weight in the front wheel, I crank a little more spring in it. And so I run less sag. So if I were him and, and then, 
And then I start basically doing it by, I'll do it. I'll take a turn into the spring or turn out of the spring, depending on what I want the bike to do. So I want more weight on the front wheel. I add a turn of spring. So I tighten it up, turn. And then I don't really care about the number until I get the bike working how I want it. Then I go recheck the sag. Then I know my number. I hope this makes sense to people when I'm explaining this, this kind of system. But you have to make sure that number one, the way that you're checking your sag is the same every time. And then also remember that your sag will be different with the shock warm and cold by a few millimeters. So there's cold sag and warm sag. Uh, so take that for what it's worth also. So uh, did I over explain that? Maybe, but gets the point. Yeah. What was his name? Garrett. Eric Garrett. Eric Garrett. Just checking because it was a, it was a chick that would have been mansplaining. George says, bring on Paul Neff and put those other fools on standby. Okay. Let's bring Paul Neff onto the show. Paul Neff, you're being called to the uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday table. Yep. You don't know what that means? Just, well, what it means is don't trip over any wires. You come here and sit down and then, like and then, yeah, maybe, maybe you get to thank your sponsors. If I'm nice, I'll tell you how I have completely different sponsors than you probably. Hey, if you do well enough, I can show you two buttons you can press for my job. I don't want your job. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, let's so make sure his sound level is his right. sound should be good. I, I can't turn it up anymore. So Paul with this mic, you're gonna have to get like really close on it. Yeah. You want to like close. gargling down. Oh no. Clark, yeah. This close. Wow. This uh, is nice. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like, you're trying to attract somebody to your grinder account. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you took the joke from me. Yeah. You took the joke from me, Jimmy. Right. So that's why I'm doing this job. Uh, so Paul Neff, welcome to Prump and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is your first time in the show, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not down here on Tuesdays. Have we done a Better Rider podcast with you? I don't think so. We haven't. That, have we? we have to we, do that. We have to do that. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, Paul is uh, runs Cispus Cycles off-road training. Uh, they're up in the Pacific Northwest. He is. He basically uses kind of our program, puts his twist on it. And so we'll call him a, a, what do we call you? A licensed contractor, a, uh, a certified instructor, um, but he's a- Keep it coming. It's all sounding good. Yeah. He's a really good guy. So how many gold medals you got, Paul? Well, just one. Just one? Yeah. But you have, you have some other ones. I got some silvers. I was on the US trophy team in 06 at ISDE. I rode uh, the Scottish six-day trials in Scotland. So you you also have some Pacific Northwest Trials Championships. Some of those, yeah, right. and off road championships, off road and championship. enduro championships. Kind of just do a little bit I, of everything. I don't, I don't. We don't talk about racing here unless it's about me. So I I, I slipped there. But Paul is just <laughs> a really nice guy, and now he's down here because he caught the rally bug a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't even know how it all worked out, but yeah, I caught the rally bug from Kyle McCoy and. And, uh, I know that you guys down here know a lot about rally. So I get to come down and, and get smoked and, and learn and get lost and get frustrated and have good times and bad times and, and ride. This is day six now in a row. Yeah. 
So it's a, it's a little bit of rally training, I guess we call it. I don't know. I guess that's what we do here. I, just don't tell them about the crystals. Um, but everything else is, you know, we can talk about all the other stuff, the, the witch doctor things and whatnot. But, um, and then don't talk about the push-ups. No. Oh yeah, yeah! All the fitness training I've been doing. <laughs> there, there is a question in the chat yeah. about that. Oh, about about what? <laughs> I think Logan should read it. Okay, Julian Neff. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> you know this seems to happen. It's like it's like it's it's like you, you, there's we always get one more person. We bring a new person on the show. We always get one more person. It just happens to be your wife or your girlfriend, <laughs> and they 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 like to poke the bear. So go for it. How does Paul Neff stay in such great shape, riding shape? Any fitness tips? <laughs> <laughs> I like to ride effortlessly so that I don't need to be in as good a shape. That's, that's my fitness tip. No, he's and not, he, he is not kidding. He's not kidding. And if, if, if you follow me, you know, about the Jimbo program, which it's like really not too worth it. I was trying, trying to get Preston Campbell on it. Cause I think he might be a good candidate, but we don't know. Um, but Paul, I evidently has the Paulo program or something like this. And it's kind of really similar. Cause I, I see some, some, you know, eating habits and, uh, and, you know, a dedication to training and stuff that, but we all try to get through it with the effortless riding. That's the only thing that gets us <laughs> through it. But, uh, hopefully we're, we're changing that in, in 2023. Yeah. Or, I, yeah 2023. Yeah. But, yeah. but I've seen a, I've seen a big improvement since I met Paul, what, two years ago. Yeah. Something like two, that. Yeah. yeah. The, tour, the tour tech rally a few years ago, big, big improvement overall. Actually just you're just more fit than you were then. Yeah. And a lot of that is just riding more and, and more. I have a goal now for, for 2023. I'm down here for a reason, right? I think there's a, a few of us that are going to ride Dakar in January of 23. And that I'm not going to be able to use my smooth, effortless riding <laughs> to get through Dakar. So oh, no, you will. It'll help. Yeah. But I need more than just that. You have to engage that muscle between your ears. That's the hard one I'm finding. <laughs> There's not a lot. I don't exercise that one very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, tell, tell everybody, so kind of a little bit about what your guys' plans are. Well, there's I, there's four of us and no no American has ever attempted to ride Malimoto or uh, it's called the Motul Originals in Dakar. And so, there's four of us. It's kind of Kyle McCoy's brainchild. And if we all go over together and ride Malimoto together, if, if I'm having a bad day, Kyle might be able to help me that evening. If, if, if he's having a bad day or the other guys, David, David Pearson and uh, Mo Hart, and we can kind of, it's an individual race, but we can kind of be an American team and, and try to get, get an American to finish Malimoto at, at Dakar. So those unfamiliar with Malimoto, it's basically like unsupported. It's, it's like they call it the Dakar original, Motul originals. And it's, it's kind of, they're trying to take it back to the spirit of the old D Dakar because it really has changed quite a bit. And it's, it's no mechanic. You're yep. working on your own bike. You get, you can get your tires changed. Yeah. I think, I think they've changed that. Yeah. You, yeah. you can, you have to carry the rules say you have to carry your, your wheel over to the truck yourself or something yeah. like that. But yeah. So they, they make it, they make it relatively difficult and it's more, it's, it becomes more of a survival than, than a race. Although I, I tell you that there's guys that I used to race against that, that sandbag down into the, into the Malimoto class. And because we were all kind of sort of mechanics ourselves a little bit because just you had to be. And, uh, but 
yeah, what a what a cool cool thing. And and I and here's the other cool thing is he didn't just call me like three months before taking off and go, hey, I need to start <laughs> training. <laughs> this this started like early this year. Yeah, oh yeah, it started. I think it was it was starting in, in Sonora this year at the Sonora rally. I think right. that we were sort of kicking around the idea. It's a lot more serious now. It's, it's going to happen. We, we've, we've lined up bikes. It, it's, it's pretty organized. It's, we'll get through Dakar and, and get all the guys through Dakar this year yeah. and then make our announcements after that. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, you've been, you've been down here training a couple times um, and t- taking it, you know, really serious. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, it, it will, it, well, you know, this just be every day you, you, le- you learn something like, Oh my God, I didn't know that was so important. And, and being around the best guys in the world, which is, it's awesome. And it's very difficult because they make you feel, they make me feel very small because I used to be like that. I thought, but not like that. It's what, what, what those guys are doing this week is is unreal how how efficient and and quick and just flat out fast they're going while doing all the 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 brain stuff you were talking about it's 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 really i'm impressed and i have a lot of respect for them matt matt wants to know how come you didn't submit a uh rooster endo with your bike Mm -hmm. i have so many of them that i didn't know which one to submit did you have a bike sitting over in the garage that one there there's there's a lot of issues with that one <laughs> over there. I, I, I feel like oh you don't want you don't want to I don't want to get I hear, apart. I hear I hear it might be f- <laughs> that happens all the time. Yeah. Like every bike roosts around here, right? <laughs> right, Logan? Yeah. Um but uh I think I think it's cuz he wants to sell it and he doesn't want me to like break any news on that bike. Someday I'll have to sell it. I hope it I hope it stays together. Hey, I'll I'll um I'll break some news. Uh, on this show like so so um one of my like probably my second or third favorite bike in the whole world uh so matt went riding with us matt kind of has got a little bit of the rally bug he's he's surrounded by it and um we went riding the other day and um everybody made it back to the truck except for uh oh boy oh boy matt (laughs) yeah here he comes so uh he he came up to me like uh, i was kind of running sweep on the stage and he kind of rolled up to me he came, he came from behind me. So I was a bad sweep rider, you know, <laughs> like kind of like the other guy that was bad sweep rider today. Um, the sweep rider won today, won the stage by a good 10 minutes. Yeah. That is a fascinating situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, but so I, I, I was, I was waiting out there. Matt came riding up. His arms were flapping up and down. And he goes, Does this sound bad. And the bike kind of sounded bad when it, when it started. And you know, when you discipline your dog, and the tail goes between legs and the ears go down and everything It was like, I could see this, I could see this happening. And, and I said, okay, yeah, that, that's not good. You're just need to go straight back, you know, where it's at. And he was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah. I'll go straight back. And so we're riding into the end and I see him standing on a embankment. He made it like, I was a thousand feet from the truck, a thousand feet from the truck, a thousand feet. We don't work in feet, it's a thousand meters. It was, it was less than a thousand meters, less than a thousand meters. Yeah. Getting me confused now. Meters, feet, miles, kilometers. Yeah. yeah, So, so, so it was, it was a little ways. He didn't make it back to the truck, but he didn't also did not go the best way of the truck. And he was standing there on the hill and the bike was down in the, in the, in the ravine. 
And I'm just like, this isn't good. <laughs> so it expired, but I got the, I, so they took the, took the, so I, I have, it's a, it's a, it says 550 hours on the hour meter. And I don't know uh, how many it had on. I think it had 150 on it. That particular bike had 150 on it before. And I don't know that the hour meter has always worked. So I'm going to go. It's like between 600 and 800 hours somewhere in there. One piston. Uh, and so it, and it locked up when, when I got to it, we pushed the starter and went, er, er. <laughs> and it was done. And I thought, okay, it was the rod. I thought it was the rod, but today I popped the valve cover off and, um, took the, uh, you know, pull the side cover off and the, it looked like something was up with the cam. Like one of the rocker arms looked kind of like the rocker roller actually looked kind of beat and I backed it up and Hey, the crank work. And it still has, it still has pretty good compression. Yeah, I heard it. it pops and everything like that. But one of the valves is like the, the rocker arm reached to the valve. It's something's jacked up. So I don't know how it could have really good compression, with the rocker arm being able to fall so far down to the valve. So we got to, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bring you up to speed when I know a little bit more. I just didn't have time to figure it out, but thanks Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had to do it and thank God it wasn't me. I know. I know. Do we have any questions about the mountains and trails and, and get me out of the desert a little bit or no, it's raining there. <laughs> kind of like you brought it here today, which we need bring more. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I, we we might get some. Okay. Uh, yeah. Get ask, some questions. Ask Paul about uh riding in Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, Kyle McCoy says, if I stake a peg in the ground now, if Paul keeps doing what he's doing, can he finish first Malimoto twenty twenty three? Ooh, jeez, that's a pretty tall order. If Paul keeps doing what he's doing now, he needs to, <laughs> he'll be lucky to just make it to the end of the stage without uh, you, getting lost. Yeah, <laughs> in all honesty, you know, you, you, you're, you can't go over to your first Dakar expecting to win. That's ridiculous. I know a lot of people do this and it doesn't matter what class you're in or anything. You got to go there. You, you know, there's the saying is in order to finish first, you must first finish. And this is the true with anything. Like you're going to do something you don't even know because it's a whole different a whole different thing. It's like, it's like climbing Mount Everest and you don't just go climb Mount Everest as your first like hike. You, you know, you work up to this kind of stuff, which you have been doing with the snore rally and with the training, but you know, you go over there and get a lay of the land. So I, that's a big ass Kyle. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah puts, no we're trying, we're trying to, yeah, we're trying to mellow them out a little bit. Um, okay. Logan, I put some in the, in the thing. Thing about Bob. Oh yeah. You texting your girlfriend again? No. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? No. Does your what girlfriend, the, does your what, girlfriend know that you don't have a girlfriend? For? That's why I asked, does your girlfriend know that you don't have a girlfriend? <laughs> I thought he had one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Dad thinks she I, I, I need to get some, uh, some tips from Logan here. It's uh, on how to juggle the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have one. He's got two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this brings up another big question since you don't have a girlfriend and we decided to call this show tech talk, taco Tuesday and strippers. Like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's the shirt at? I thought you're supposed to wear the shirt oh, tonight. Shoot, where it was on the table. Oh, it's, I see. It's right here. Who cleaned off the table? Victor's probably really upset. I'll do it after yeah. the commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. So you got something to look forward to. You're like, damn, I have to listen to this show or watch this show for that much longer. We will explain, you know, for those listening, what this 
thing is. So, okay, back to the questions. I'm Important missing stuff. the first part of Jesse G. Again? Yeah. It says South America, period. Would be nice to see that wow. type of effort. We have, a, we have some sort of a, we need to get you like a computer screen or something because that phone isn't working out. Or Matt's jacking it up. Not really sure. Uh, Who's going to take yeah. credit for this? We'll blame Bob. Hey, at least the sound's good, right? Everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's stellar. Uh, Lyndon Poskett did a great job filming his Malimoto in South America. Would be nice to see that type of effort in Saudi. Well, if it was done with like um, like one of those wind-up cameras, like the ones you used to get in the box, I think you could handle it. Yeah, uh but if it has a power, if it has a power button, on, as soon as there's an on off button, instant problems for me. Right. Yeah. He, Paul's more of an analog dude. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe if you want like, uh, can you draw like pictures? Ooh, every day I just draw a sketch. A storybook. With, with yeah. a, a, a crayon or something. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. could probably do the crayon thing. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to put Lyndon Poskett to shame. It's Paul's Malimoto Dakar cartoons. <laughs> you might be onto something. Yeah. Uh, Jake had just put in the chat, uh, Paul can use a Polaroid camera. Polaroid. So that, that Jake must know me then. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a bunch of Polaroid pictures and I'll just carry a pack of film in my pack. So currently is Paul is using, uh, Jake's, uh, in reach, uh, for tracking for safety. And when you call up the page, it says Paul is lost. <laughs> he, he already knew he already knew what to title it yeah and that, thanks jake and, and thanks for the technical support the other morning uh because i had to do the same thing with my uh, sweep rider this morning <laughs> which is even more uh stressful so it's gadgets i told you they're and, they're, they're and, a problem and your daughter can help you with those crayon drawings evidently she is much better than me maybe i'll <laughs> she'll do the editing on my crayon drawings <laughs> uh Okay, we got any other questions for Paul out there? Um, yeah. From our okay. George says, Paul, what are you doing for fundraising between now and then? Uh, as much as I can. But uh, there's there's some things in the works. Uh, I don't, I don't want to let them all the way out yet, but there's some events that we'll be at and, and my sponsors are going to donate things and, and go that route. I think the team is going to have some some shirts to sling and you know i think people should sign up for the tour tech rally i that's a very that's that's perfect <laughs> that'd be a good put, one Jimmy. Yeah. yeah sign up for the tour tech tour tech rally in leavenworth uh or washington. plain i guess yeah. they call it and yep, plain uh, washington and and what's that when is it it's, june usually june after june 20th yeah i think it's Ah, uh, it might be earlier, but yeah. don't quote me on that. Yeah, but yeah, June June in, in Plain, Washington at the Tour Tech Rally will probably be a, a good thing if you want to help out the Northwest Dakar guy. Yeah. Any other ones, Logan? RW. Hey guys, great show as always. Have you ridden really? a KTM 990 Adventure much? <laughs> and if so, how do you relate it compared with the newer... Not 790, 890, or the Tenere 700. Paul's 990 guy. I have a 990, 950. That's kind of my adventure bikes. So yeah. I, I like those. I, I feel like they're robust. They they were built for, would that be Africa then? They they, they were, were they, they were, were they were based off of the the rally bike. I yeah. mean it was it was it was 
I mean, it definitely looked like it, but they, there was a lot of significant differences, you know, other than the, the architecture was, was kind of the same. I, I did get a chance to ride the twin cylinder KTM rally bike. So I know a little bit, but you wouldn't want to have one of those as an adventure bike. Actually, not even for the kind of, well, he rides them on the trails up in the Pacific Northwest, which is nuts. And he, you, you almost, I'll call it radic to me. You, you know, radic Burkhart from pink bike. Oh, maybe. So, so radic is, he's a little bigger than you and, uh, and kind of a man mountain. And so he makes a 990 look like a normal size motorcycle. And he used to just try to sucker me into, to, to, going trail riding on them all the time. And I told you, I'm like, I don't, I don't trail ride. I mean, we did, we did some trails, but it's like, that's just not what they're for, for me. And I know how quickly you can get in trouble. And then I don't have enough muscles to get them out. So even like, unlike you, like when, when, um, when I'm using no effort to ride, when I have to use all the effort and stuff, then I don't have enough effort. Yeah, you need you need more reserves. Reserves. <laughs> Is that what they call it? But uh compared to so compared to the the, the other bikes, who um I've ridden all those other, other bikes and it's it's a little longer and kind of more stable, which gives it a little bit more heavy feeling compared to the current flock of bikes especially the especially the ktm the ktm is really good at masking its weight where i don't think the tenere masks the weight. i would say the tenere is probably the closest kind of in performance um you know being being that parallel twin that 700 just the way that they have it tuned especially compared to the carbureted ones the the fuel injected ones i i think you you, you have the same kind of throttle response but um it's just everything they, they, they learned how to package things in the chassis better over those times. So um, they feel better, but I, I don't think there is like Paul said, robust. Um, well, the, I think the Tenere is, I don't, I don't really know the KTM. I haven't spent a whole lot of time on them. I have 1090s and I don't think my 1090 is as robust as my 950 is. I uh, would, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. they're adventure bikes that if they, you start getting radical on them, they, they're going to, they're going to break. It's a lot of mass, a lot of weight when you're jumping them. I know that I have one that is junk now from jumping it. The, the <laughs> motor is pulled apart because the frame is bending. Yeah. It's part of, it's a stress member. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. So, but uh, good time. Hopefully we got that question out of the way there. Um, do we want to do John Jackson's question there? Yeah. I think that's a good one to get into. If, if Logan got the full thing, I don't know what's going on with I Google. Did. Okay. At the EICMA, we call that ICMA. ICMA show in Milan, Yamaha was featuring the Tenere Raid prototype, and Honda featured the Africa Twin Enduro Sport prototype. When do you think we might see these bikes in production? A year after they're released in Europe, <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> if we're lucky, least. right? Uh, I don't know. We might be able to. I got. I don't. Johnny can't talk. I know that. But Andrew might Andrew might know something about the Yamaha one a little bit. I don't know. I I've, I yeah he because he he showed me pictures of the of the prototype and I'm pretty sure I've heard rumors that they're going to do some um, kind of racing activities with these bikes in the in the they're going to bring them back into rally a little bit. I don't know how. I don't know much about it. I've just heard a little bit of rumors here and there. Uh, so. Jimmy, but was that, was that prototype, the, prototype it was, it was a, no, no, it was a, it was a Yamaha. 
I'm pretty, I'm sure he's sure like the whole Tenere was kind of built Yamaha France, like over in Europe. And, and then they, you know, productionized it and stuff. And that's kind of like where a lot of those older Tenere's have come from. And, uh, and they just never, a lot of those bikes, like the 660 never made it to the United States. So this, who knows? Um, and, and Yamaha US, like kind of eh, some of the guys in product planning, when I mention it, they kind of knew about it, but they didn't really know about it. But you never know. A lot of times they put those kind of faces on. And I don't know anything about the the Honda one, really. So um, if they showed it in ICMA, then Johnny can talk about it. Johnny Campbell, you know anything about a Africa twin Enduro Sport prototype? He doesn't know anything. See, I told you. <laughs> they were, they showed it in ICMA. <laughs> yep. Not he doesn't. That's he's more dirt. He's got more knobbies in his future. Uh, okay. What else do we have there? Uh, Kyle McCoy was clarifying something. <laughs> I should be more clear. I wasn't asking if Paul could finish first. I'm stating he can finish first. I've been there and know how it works the key is not to put too much pressure on himself i'm talking to you paul and keep training with jimmy and the guys you're with this week that's the plan uh, it sounded like he said the same thing twice <laughs> that didn't make any sense <laughs> but then again i'm drinking out tonight it's a uh, milagro uh, boys and girls yeah this is um it's good not bad it's good middle of the road if in case you were wondering so, uh, and I had tacos too. Thanks, uh, Ramiro's. Thanks, Janie. Yep. Yeah. It was great. And uh, who who bought tonight? Who who threw the, who slinged Mike? the credit card? Mike. Mike did? Yeah. Thank you, Mike. From Oh, so Rally Navigator sponsors Tech Talk Taco Tuesday <laughs> and dinner tonight with some tacos some, like we're supposed to. Some girls had me the previous two nights, so it was my turn to go down. Okay. Um George says, have Jimmy Lewis sit in the peanut gallery and let R Ricky Brabeck take his spot with Kendall and in the hot seat. I think it's a great idea. That actually is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to come and run the show? Yeah. 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 That's what George said. You're, you're not doing media two nights in a row. I <laughs> see. <laughs> he was in the chat. I'll sit over here. Um, Andrew. Is he busy pretending to do a road book right now? Yeah, we need we need to get him get him over here. Uh, again, I like to thank our sponsors: Yamaha, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takomoto, and Bulletproof Designs. Mike, you coming on the show? You look like it here. Yeah, here. Well, Mike, Take, you're right grab, there. You're grab, on the show. Grab that. Have some of that, and come on the show. Right. We'll talk a little bit about. Can we talk about Rally RN2? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's coming out pretty soon. So uh, I'm going to grab a question that's on the. Uh, oh, <laughs> you poured just like Johnny Campbell. Yeah, did uh, Todd Alberico. Um, has a follow-up question from a few weeks ago on the KTM 200 leaking coolant. He said it's now fixed. Um, if I fixed it, it would just be magic. And over here. Uh, I don't know. One of those donkeys needs to come over here. We have an open. Yeah, we have an open seat. Open seat, boys. Uh, unclear if the head or base gasket was the problem. The exhaust pipe still had coolant sludge in it, and the packing was soaked every time. 
I restarted it, I kept seeing the coolant from the exhaust and thought the problems continued. Exhaust was clean and silencer repacked, system holding pressure now, and rode well. Sometimes you overlook the obvious. So, unclear was a header base gasket. So, didn't that's what we said, right? Yeah, I believe, I I believe said we it was said head. Head gasket. Yeah. Uh, head, head, head O-rings. So, uh, he keeps saying head gasket. I'm 99% sure those things have O-rings in them. Don't, do you know, Kendall, KTM 200? Head, O-rings, right? You're kind of a mechanico. I would think they have O-rings. Do you need to, something to put in that? Yeah. And that thing over there. Uh, Welcome yeah. to the show, Mike Shirley. I'll get me on. From Jimmy. Rally Navigator. No, okay, thanks for, uh, and Ken, for the Kendall Norman, put the, hey, my put, the, put the lips really close. You don't get them. Put yeah. the lips really close to the microphone. Yeah, you need to you need to gargle that thing like you're on grinder. <laughs> Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, That's how Kendall and I met. So I want to know. So uh, no, Kendall Kendall was the sweep rider today. If if you did allegedly 300 kilometers today, at what point did did the sweep rider go blowing by you, Mike? What? Who are you talking to? You. Didn't you just say Kendall, you're the sweep rider? Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was just explaining the situation. So, okay. Kendall was the sweep rider, and I asked Mike, so, wh "What mileage in the 300 kilometers did the sweep rider go blowing by you?" Oh, those guys got me like, but 175 or something. They, those guys, the other two guys, we kind of expected it, but the sweep rider was. Well, Kendall's not slow. I was. I was expecting to get past. Hey, sweep. Mike, can you speak a little closer into the mic? Oh God! Oh, like a real close. The sweep rider is supposed Thanks. to be the sweep. The last guy. I'm the sweep. Yeah, he was here ten minutes for all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you do that, Kendall? I swept. Yeah. Well. When the whole crew is over there at the date farm. Milkshake break. <laughs> enjoying date shakes. We had a milkshake right? break. And you're the sweep rider, and you know they're probably on their last sip. Yeah. And on the horizon, you can see rain coming. Right. Weather's turning. Sun's getting low. Mm -hmm. I took the decision. Every man for himself out there. <laughs> it, was like, it was like DEFCON 4. And yeah. we were the bunch of pros, you know. I had faith that yeah. everyone would make it safe. Yep. with the best technology yeah okay just checking out i just you know i didn't want it because because mike was the the uh you know he was the, he ended up being the sweep rider he swept it in slow and steady is my yeah. uh, my yeah. game so but uh good job today guys um everybody's safe that's what i that's what i like when we do this stuff yeah no no drama out there runs home with no mechanical issue no big deal so kendall that's got nice. into rally like was it when did you get, you got super excited after Ricky one, right? Like as far as making map books. I mean, it's a getting into rally is not something that happens overnight. Yeah. When, and so started hanging out with you guys every day, learned something. And then when did you, when did you get into map books? Map books. That was, that was right after, was it last year or the year before? It was, we had that training where you brought us all out to have us like come and make our, make, oh, okay. make the, our the, own map. The, tonop the tonopiary thing. And I think, uh, you know, some of us probably realized that's not for them. Yeah. And I, I kind of had that feeling, but then when I got my hands on the new rally navigator software and how user-friendly it is, right. I think it uh, got me pretty excited. Yeah, about he went in books again. He went nuts. 
He was like, he was all in. He was like, there was question, like four questions a day. And that was just me that he was, <laughs> he was asking the four <laughs> questions for. <laughs> and uh, so, so he's, he's, he's now, you know, when you get him motivated, like tonight, like we, I think we, I think it was a challenge. Like who, who could bust out the book? Yeah. You guys are all cranking over there. It's yeah. Really it was like, cool it was like, well, if you easy, because he, he, we, we, we were going to go someplace where it's snowing right now. So we can't, can't go do the road. I mean, we could do the road book up there. I mean, like I would do it. No problem. I'd do it naked. I mean, I, he I'm, would. he's tough, but we're not. I was, I was staying inside all day because uh, the snow isn't water and I wouldn't melt. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we did, we had to kind of do some, do some to go to maybe a little bit warmer clients uh, climate. So we, we did a, a, a change, a pivot, and Kendall had a book and he's like, I, I got this good book. I just got to tune it up. And then I said, we can add a little kilometers to it. And so we're like, we didn't go to dinner. We sat around here and cranked books. So it was really good. Thanks to Mike Shirley and Dave Peckham. Mostly Dave Peckham. Yeah. So can, so we can, we can tell people that there's a rally navigator. Yeah. It's too. not like a big thing. Not, not too much of a secret. Yeah. It's a pretty small industry. It's a small bomb to drop in the whole right. scope of things. So. so Mike makes rally navigator. If you don't know what that is, it's online software, currently online software mm -hmm. that you can use for a lot of different types of rally, like TSDs and uh, Dakar navigation type challenges. Actually, the guys from uh, Nora called me today. Because they they use your stuff and they're gonna make the motorcycles go back to roadbook only, no GPS. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. That's always kind of bugged me. They ran a roadbook with GPS. You're like, well, yeah. So come they because they have some questions about this, and so mm. they were they they caught in hold. They got a hold of me and was asking some questions about it. Uh, cool. And so that's that's good. But uh, so we've been playing around with this. We call it RN two, which is Rally Navigator two. So you want to give everybody a little. Um, yeah, Navigator's been around. Uh, that's just kind of started as a hobby project for me back in like 12 or 13. And um, it's all so far, but all been web-based. And I've had freelance developers working on it. And uh, it's grown way beyond anything I ever dreamt of. It's just kind of a, a little hobby project for me. But um so, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been neat. It's been neat to watch it grow. I've gotten to correspond with a lot of like great event promoters, uh, around the world. And, uh, it's always neat to see if I see like promo shots, I'll see like one of the little road books in there and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, and then all the training you guys are doing down here, uh, and the results you guys are getting, um, uh, with, with sort of a little help from the software is, uh, pretty cool. So that technology is getting a bit old. Uh, my, my friend and partner, Dave Peckham, uh, he's run rally management services, uh, owned ICO helped develop the tower one digital roadbook. Uh, very, very sharp guy. Um, he and I have partnered, uh, on working on a, a new version of navigator. That's going to be, um, more stable, uh, faster, more secure. It's going to run on a local computer. You'll control all the data. Um, and it's, it's just lightning fast compared to what we've been dealing with. And a lot of our users too, they don't live places where in America we're like, Oh, I got my hundred meg download. And they're like, dude, I I'm out in BFE. You know, I can't well, that, even run I, your software. I mean, and, and it was funny cause I was one of the first people to kind of, uh, you know, when I, when I learned about rally navigator, I'm like, God, this is what we need. Cause we used to use spreadsheets. It was all hand drawn, you know, maybe an Excel sheet that would it's do tough. some of the math Super for you. Tough. Yeah. You know, you, you have a couple like, like lexicons that you could drag in, you know, f kind of photos or whatever, some letters. But I, I remember getting it and, and it was so clunky and it just didn't, it didn't, 
I don't want to say it didn't work because it kind of worked, but you had to learn how to manipulate it. Yeah, you had we have play with the bugs and kind of you had yeah. to fool it into doing yeah. what you wanted. And then yeah. and then I used to call you all the time. I'm like I'm like Mike, this doesn't work. And you're like, ah, oh. you know, because it's a it's a whole coding thing and under and explaining that to somebody who's going to code it. So what it technically technically does is you if you have a track log or you know where you want to go. And Phil Walker did a really, really cool series on how to build a roadbook. He, yeah, used, Tulip. Nice. he used Tulip. And so there's there's mm-hmm. other, you know, there was other versions of software. There's Tulip, there's uh, River, River Notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the stuff that, what was the other, what was the other unit thing that, was it a Stella oh, or no? Um, Trippy had some Trippy software. had some, there yeah. was so many different things and we were using all these different things, rally blitz to, to get the waypoints. Now we're using the rally comp computers that uh, Mike Johnson has. Mm-hmm. And, and we, and you know, we'll use the Voyager, the trail tech Voyagers. We use those before to quote, acquire waypoints in a, in a strange way, you know, using the, using the track log that you leave to make sure that you hit that you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it unless you went and checked, you know, we'd let them go check, but it's, there's nothing that, you know, and then there's the whole ERTF systems, which is, yeah. you know, you know, super proprietary and, and, and expensive. And, but your software allows somebody to either take a track log, drop it in, and it'll help them make the roadbook. And then you have all the tools to make the roadbook, or you can just go look at, you know, it's, it's a, a map, map box now. Yeah. Yeah. Map map box is is the base that where the maps are. And you can, you can say, Hey, I want to go here and you can literally build a roadbook using you know like if you know the roads you want to take or you may not know the roads and you can go look and find the roads yeah and the map box software is so cool like the, like some of the improvements now like now we've got like you know full like 3d terrain which we've not had before right um we're mapping like waypoint radiuses on the map like pretty soon it's going to show um you know stops controls waypoint numbers there's so much more stuff we can do right now and our idea like our our list of ideas of things we want to do keeps you growing because we're getting like great feedback from you guys uh and so we've just got dave's dave and i have a catalog of ideas is just kind of chipping away at it uh and so he he's just done a phenomenal job with it and it's a um it's gonna be a major step forward i think when we get get things um get that out and um it's been just a, a fun project and just getting yeah, right at you guys today it's is super so cool. it's so much easier to use so it it's so works. good because it I just would, works like every click like it's gonna work it's gonna save it's gonna load it's gonna print the old one's like well if my internet's wonky or <laughs> it doesn't load right and i've had people like race Email promoters like, the night before the race dude literally like the <laughs> night before like hey i it won't load and i'm like oh my god i'm like yeah i'm trying to get something fixed and this and that and it's been a so it's going to take all that stress out of it and just be more stable but uh yeah it's been a fun project it, it's grown more than ever anticipated and um uh, it's let me go have a lot of fun adventures and i think there's kind of more to come which is really cool so is this is too technical for me uh mm-hmm. tw hicks says what platforms are you supporting with your application will it have the ability to call other service apis uh it, it'll run by pc or mac it's just going to run on your local computer um either way and, I'm and we've, not, we've got guys here using it on both there's guys using it on a pcs and guys using it on a mac yeah it's pretty seamless between the two right. uh two there um you'll actually be able to sample it and run demo stuff online too without even downloading anything uh, and then what other service apis we use mostly the Mapbox apis but i'm not sure the detail of your question so if you give us more info i'd be glad to share yeah. so and kendall and um paul both use them on their tablets and by tablets, I mean these stone things that they carry around and they scribe into them. With a chisel. Yeah. Right, Kendall? That's the, yep, that's the OG <laughs> roadbook right there. Yeah. He, Kendall also paints his notes all inside of a cave. And then he comes back later and looks at it and tries to figure out where to go. That's uh, also very handy. 
TW Hicks had a follow-up. He was asking if uh, he said no Linux. Uh, I believe it works on Linux also. Okay, cool. Yeah, so this is uh, this is above my... Linux uh, is like grade. for smart people, so I don't know what that really? actually uh, gets yeah, into. He had that. one more follow-up question. Um, can we call a custom API from your new application? Uh, you know, I, I think so. Well, um, what does I, API I would defi- mean? Uh, like for all something of programmer interface? So it's, it's so that, so, so you're, right. so yeah, you're, Kendall you're, thinks you're, that's you're it. Integra- integrating other programs. So, so yeah, you can kind of get one, my software connects to your software and actually it's already doing that with the, the open rally uh, GPX format. Right. That is our main interface. And so that, that exports the entire route in GPX format, but also includes waypoints, the radiuses, um, all, a lot of other metadata that, that can be pulled out. So yeah, coding, you, coding. So it works in other, like, yeah, like so that goes, rally. Right. Right into Rally Boost, yeah, right into Rally Comp. Tower One. Uh, Tower One. So that could actually render a full image just from that. So um, yeah, the Open Rally GPX format, something that Dave uh, came up with. And it's been nice because most uh, rallies is like a proprietary thing. Everyone had their own little deal right. uh, and nothing talked to each other. Uh, so the Open Rally format ha- has started to connect more and more folks. Uh, and it's a, I've been amazed what you can stick on a GPX file. Like yeah. It opens up like a whole roadbook out of them, which is amazing. And you're, I mean, you're almost your entire riding career, which is, isn't that long. It's like 15 years, 15 now. years yeah. is, has been doing kind of like road books. You're like a, you're like a yeah. and, and Kendall, who's been riding forever, like road books are new. And it, it, I think both of you agree. It like takes like regular riding and just turns it into a whole different like thing. And oh, yeah, I, I, I just, I love it. Yeah. It's, 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 to me, it's just so fulfilling even trying to figure out, like, I mean, I love looking at maps and trying to play any of there's math to it. You're looking at, like, okay, cap heading and distance and time and speed. And there's just so, so much stuff to wrap your head around trying to write a road book. Um, that I, I just really, it, to, to me, like it, it, especially trying to do a multi-day rally to me, like it, it takes the most complete rider, like, you know, m- mentally keeping the bike alive, yourself alive, navigating, not making stupid mistakes. Um, and I just really enjoy the challenge of finishing. And we did 317K today. And that's a long, it's a long trail ride stage, for a lot yeah. of folks. Yeah, you can spend well, a lot of time getting out lost. At, out at eight, back at four, yeah. I think, something like this. So, yeah, I just poke, and, poke along. And Ken will probably agree, like, you probably wouldn't have ridden where you rode today as far as like the train. It wouldn't be your first choice of like train to go ride on, but you're doing it on a map book and it's like totally different. It's, oh, it's, it's more fun. Yeah. Oh, hell, I, like a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of like, Oh yeah, I'm on this main road. And all of a sudden you're like, am I really turning off on this little like goat? Like, why am I on this beautiful main road? But now I'm going to go down a goat trail, which goes in the wash connect to somewhere else and it just unfolds along the way. And I think that's, that's part of the adventure of it, um, which is like, that's why I like doing rally stuff and maybe not like maybe, you know, motocross where you're just like banging out laps. I like going somewhere where like, you're not going like, Oh my God, I'm actually going to head. I think I'm going to go over that mountain. Yep. Yep. I'm yeah, going over the mountain. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and down and the other side. And oh man, there's dunes you, down there. You, like I'm going in the dunes. If somebody hands you a map book, you don't know where you're going. No freaking idea. You just, you just go where the map book is. Yeah. Like you have your you shit go. together and keep your bike running. And you like, you went 300 K later. You're like, well, I went like over two mountain ranges across lake beds, dunes, you know, down washes and popped up out of roads. I didn't even see. Uh, and then the HP across where there's no roads to it. And it just, it unfolds in front of you in such a cool way. And to me, like uh, I'm slow, but just to kind of like keep your act together and get to go do 300 K and not end up, you know, broken or hopelessly lost. It's kind of a cool feeling to come back 
pull, you know, pull back into your house and be like, okay, I got my act together. I, I did and it. Didn't do anything stupid today. Um, but, uh, I don't do it any speed, but, uh, watching these guys do the speeds just like a whole nother level. So, uh, our sweetbreader had speed. We traded off the sweet duties <laughs> when he bl- when he blew me out of the water. I, I, uh, didn't, I didn't know you. I didn't know you passed the baton. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get this message. Well, uh, I had like a three hour head start, and he still called oh, no, me like no, it, it does. This this yeah no no yeah yeah. I guess next time I'll go for that date shake. <laughs> yeah, that's the hot tip. <laughs> we're Never working really on this one down. Hey, we're we're working on getting sponsorship of the guys from uh, uh, the date ranch. Maybe they could wear a hat at that car or something. Yep. <laughs> it's a big deal. Uh, Matt, do we have any good questions for these guys? Yeah. Here? So Kendall, this is from uh, George. And I think another person also asked this, uh, Kendall, why no ride at the Dakar this year? He's in the world. Um, Motorhome championship. Yeah. I don't know. I was just after Sonora, just didn't really get the ball rolling the way I needed to. And uh, yeah, I didn't want to go super stressed out and just kind of scratching it together. And there will be next year. And it's but not, it's I, not, I am it's, actually going. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. And it's a lot of work. And unfortunately, I just couldn't get my act together to get it, get it, get it done. But I am going back as a rider helper. Defending world for the world. Yeah, we're going to go Dakar back. Dakar Rally. Motorhome Motor World, World Championships. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, we'll be on scene. Good job, buddy. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's where the real, that's where it's at actually. Yeah. We, we didn't, we didn't hear the, we didn't hear the, the dollar figures that are kicked around in, in going over to Dakar, but it's, it approaches a hundred grand. It's, it's not, it's not cheap to go do it. And, and, and even a rider of Kendall's stature and stuff like that has to come with some money. It's like, they're not, they're not handing out factory rides these days. And, uh, it's, uh, and I, I think especially because it's not as popular over here as it is in other countries. And so if you were pick a country, France, if you're French, Oh, he'd have a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. I, I speak from experience. I went, I paid my, I paid money the first two years to do, no, well, the first year didn't go so well, but Second year did. I paid a lot of money to get fourth overall in Dakar, and that shouldn't have been the case. Uh, so. you know, there's a lot of like, w- as a younger rally fan, like we were talking in the car today, like Dakar is the only rally I'd ever even heard of. Like I didn't know there even were other rallies around the world. And then to get in this, and I'm like, oh man, there's actually a lot of rallies that are in, in, that are different. You know, spread around different geographic areas. So there's other options for someone that wants to go to a rally. They don't have to go do. Dakar. It's the Mount Everest though. Everybody it, wants to climb Everest. Yeah. Oh no, I, I full yeah. I fully understand that. Like I don't I don't <laughs> dissuade anyone and say if that's your deal, like like totally go for it. Uh but for someone thinking like, hey, I can't get that money, time, whatever, there's a lot of other, you know, five and seven day rallies that are around. Yeah. Um that, that could provide rally is one of them. Snow rally. I mean the, the um yeah, there's stuff in you know Mongolia, Europe, uh, Eastern Europe that are a, a quarter of the money and maybe twice the fun possibly yeah uh just to go screw around and be a lot less stress uh, and there's and there's a lot of if you if you get keyed into the rally scene if you kind of know what's going on there's a lot of what we will call like you know fun events that, that guys put on so it's just you know it's just a kind of a group of guys in different regions and stuff and they'll go make macbooks books for each other kind of what we're doing here essentially mm-hmm. this is a little more serious and it's a little more structured but actually it's probably not more structured those guys actually probably have a schedule less structured they know where they're going tomorrow 
Mm -hmm. We'll make some map books, right, Kendall? Hey, what's the best plan? <laughs> no, no, plan. Yeah. no, a flexible one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got a plan. plan. I have an idea. Zero, with zero accountability. Yeah, we should have stuck we to the. We, we're sticking to the plan. We're going to Tonopah. Change, change my mind. But push print. <laughs> okay, I'll break out the long underwear. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, well, uh, there was what, what, there's a couple more questions. Okay, one more question for for Kendall. Uh, there was a couple of people congratulating you on your finish, and then there was also oh, question. Do you know this guy? This donkey won the Baja One Thousand like two weeks ago. Yeah. Overall on yeah. the motorcycle. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for the yeah. congratulations. Props to that. So yeah. George was wondering if you can kind of go into that a little bit, kind of like talk about your race in Baja yeah oh I heard him talking about it today <laughs> I like to hear that that was too yeah that's a good story uh, uh yeah I was just kind of in search of a little adventure and uh, I've been talking actually I got hit up by a few different teams offering to see if I was interested in riding and yeah just the peninsula run stretches everyone out so far and I think because it was the peninsula run and it had been a long time I was kind of jonesing to get back down there and uh, I was talking to my buddy, Justin Morgan and yeah, he was like, Hey, we have a section for you. And he told me it and I'm like, Scorpion Bay to Insurgentes, stay in Scorpion Bay. All right. I'm, I'm in <laughs> like, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Baja sir. Nice weather, like just Jersey weather in November. And, uh, also was going to be at night. So I love the night. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, I, Jumped on the opportunity to go ride with those boys. So how many overalls now? Uh, seven. Seven. Dude, Let's see. So how old are you? Like, I'm kind of looking at 11 over there. And it's like five more. <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven, 11. <laughs> Dude, that's impressive, man. That's, that's incredible. How many hours was it to the finish? Uh, I think it was, we were in 23 and some change. For 1,200 miles? 1,250. It's a badass, man. So they made it a long one. Yeah. yeah, so it was uh, Mark Samuels, Justin Morgan, and Brandon Prieto, who actually is the first uh, Mexican to win the Baja 1000 Overall. on a motorcycle. Wow, awesome. So there was a little history there. Yeah. And we still got smoked by the trucks by like a couple hours. Dude, but the bumps, and now, now there's bumps the entire course. Before you'd get you'd get below, you know, you'd, you'd get 150 miles below Ensenada, and there were no buggy bumps. Maybe a little bit down by you know, you know, uh, where is it in the sand hoops down, you know, like San Felipe? Yeah, no, no. Oh, that, that's, that's hell over there. But, mm -hmm. you know, really far down South by, uh, kind of South of where you're at. What's, what's the Insurgentes, right? Uh, yeah, no, there's some big sand bumps down there, but yeah, my first day pre-running, I, I, I went out like the road I got on that I remember wasn't so rough and I'm just like, ah, and they're like a couple of big rock hits and I'm just like, whoa, Baja's so gnarly. <laughs> and then, you know, every day came a little more confidence. And and then just the other day, I went riding with Ricky and we were on like ro a road book. It was so smooth. I'm like, wow, these rally riders <laughs> got it good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's all in perspective, but I, I mean, I just notice it from just the, the courses that we have out here, you know, the stuff that's in Barstow and the stuff out by the Mint and things like this. It's like those courses are just so chewed up compared to what they were just 10 years ago. There's so many trucks with big tires and now you got all wheel drive and crazy. yeah, the side by sides and all the high horse powered pre runners. And yep. yeah, they really just dig out the soil and expose rocks and make big holes. 
and also silt too. <laughs> and so you're constantly fighting Coles, elements. Rock, silt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. Good time. Makes me want to go ride the Baja course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, another one from uh, Brendan Springer Davis. Kendall, congrats on the 1000. When does the planning start for the 1000? Our team is already prepping for next year. Are you constantly prepping for Baja or do you get really serious at some point? Um, I think the teams that are involved in the Baja are, are it's a constant battle and prep. And, you know, there's a four race series for the Baja. I think it starts in March or April and then goes to November. So yeah, they're constantly prepping, but this was just for me was more of just a one-off deal to like, yeah, peninsula run and be on a good team and kind of like go back there and see how things have been and how they changed. And so no plans for me in the future, but, uh, yeah, definitely was exciting. So how many years ago was your first Baja win? How long did that stretch out? Uh, the first time I won, well, the first time I raced it was 2003. And then the next year I won with Johnny Campbell and Steve Hengefeld. In 04. They invited me on their team. And that was a peninsula run. That's a big stretch of time. And so, yeah, some, one, of my, one of my old filmer friends was like, yeah, you know, you've won Bajas in three decades. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that, that's, so I was like, wow, yeah, I'm pretty old. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a big stretch of time though, to be competitive at the front like that. So good job. Yeah. I mean, the old formula works. So, so Brandon Springer Davis asked another question, but I had a question for him. Is that like, is that like me taking my wife's name? Like, so Heather, uh, Jimmy uh, McNabb Lewis, is that, cause usually the, the dudes do don't do that. I do. Cause you know, yeah. Yeah. I cause it up. you're trying to get on NPR. I know. I know. Kendall, how many times do you pre-run your sections and are you familiar with your sections past riding in Baja or their new trails every year? Um, so this section that I raced, I've raced it two times in the past. So I was very well familiar with it. But, um, you know, when I got under the Honda tent and was being mentored by Johnny and Bruce Ogilvie, Ogilvie sat me down and said, hey, for your, when I was with them and won the first one, I go, Hey, you need to get over this six times. And so <laughs> he gave me the time I needed and the support. And so I got over it six times. And so coming back this time, I just gave myself the time I needed to get over it six times. And at that point, you know, like where you're going, you know, what side of the road to be on. You, you ride like, the, a, you're right, like a motocross course. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually felt ready to go like my third run through. I'm like, oh, I could race tomorrow. Yeah. But at six times, like you're, you're not messing around. Yeah. Wow. Same, same, same thing when I was doing that's it. It was, just, it was, that was, that was just the Bruce kind of was the Bruce program. And it's the, that's the right way to do it. I mean, if you want to win, you know, you put the time in and yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. You got to like being older now, I think give myself more time to not like, you can come in fresh the first couple of days and smoke yourself and, you know, make some mistake or something, but I just took my time with it and I knew I had enough time to get through it six times. And yeah. How, how far ahead were your pre-runs ahead of race day? Like how, how were you doing your pre-runs like you know, two days before, so, a week before, a month before? How, how? Um, no, I went down nine days before the race started. Okay. So the, so the course is pretty, you're looking at yeah the they give you like two or three weeks to pre-run okay. the the course they don't keep it open for ever mm -hmm. obviously but um 
Yeah, just nine days. And um, yeah, you do. I used I used to do it not maybe not the day before the race, but the the you know two days before the race, probably my last run through. Sometimes if my sections weren't super long, I would I would do it the day before just to see if anything had really changed. Yeah, that's some, what I was wondering. Is yeah, some day people, before some people go down and 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 you know they they're the whole big group will kind of hammer on the last couple of days. It could, it could, does change a lot in that last week leading up. Cause that's when people have the time to go, to go do it. But yeah. And, and I gave myself three times during the day and three times at night. And I was kind of like at that third day, like going into my first day at night, I'm like, Oh man, I probably should have just rode in twice in the day and four at night. But <laughs> you have that like worry that it's not going to come to you, but it came faster than I expected. So yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a strategy. It's just like anything else. You kind of lay it out on paper and think about it and adjust as accordingly. So how many hours was your section? Uh, it was like three hours and 45 minutes. Okay. Yep. So is there a gas stop in there or is that? Uh, I got on at a gas stop and then I went through two more gas stops and got off at a gas stop. Okay. How many Seriously? wins does a SLR Honda have? Well, I couldn't answer that. You're just a, you're just a, you're just a rider for well, hire. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Boba Fett on a motorcycle. Boba just, Fett. Just, just freelance. Whatever. Freelance the, yeah. freelance the just kill. Whatever. That's good. Yep. Okay. Um, is that, did we load it up here on the questions there? I Adam? believe so oh, for, for Kendall and for okay. Mike. Is it time for us to take a, take Small a commercial, commercial break? Small yeah, commercial let's bring break. in some new talent because I have nothing more to contribute. Mr. Endo and <laughs> hey, more questions. Great. My expertise Roost, is very Roost narrow. Mr. Endo and more <laughs> questions. All of your submitted questions will be coming up oh, on the show. I want oh. you to judge my bike too. I was hoping it's for some stupid. more technical questions. Did, oh, really? Okay. And judge the vibe. That's it. Because, Ken, you know, Kendall's probably, he's pretty, okay, uh, here we go. John Buckle says, have you had any experience with switching air filter oil types on used air filters? I have five air filters that are in rotation that have all been used several times each with Maxima FFT. Quit making noise. Sorry. Which many regard as a super tacky oil. I just ran out of FFT, but have a new bottle of twin air bio liquid power on the shelf, which seems like a much thinner oil. Is it best to just grab another bottle of FFT or not a big deal switch? Personally, you know, you've got some of those, you know, that oil when you've, you have it in your hand with gloves on and you're clapping it and it makes long strings. Yep. You know, that original, that OG oil, that really tacky stuff. Yep. That's the stuff you want to use. That's The the bio stuff. I mean, you're going to be at the shop getting new rings or a piston or yeah, you're kind of asking for problems. Coming from, coming from the guy who just had a bike, you know, expire at 600 hours. (laughs) So, you know, on me, I, I use some of those different oils and so I used a lot of them. Um, Switching it between, you know, filters, if you clean your filter properly, if you clean it, it doesn't matter what you put back into it because it's, it's, it should be completely clean. You should be rinsing out all that old oil because that old oil holds the dirt in order to get the dirt out of it. All of the oil should be gone. So technically, yes, I don't think it's a problem, but if you, if you have some, you can try it. The, the, the things with some of the bios, they take a certain type of filter cleaner. So it's kind of a system. And I actually use this stuff called rock oil, synthetic water, washable air filter oil. 
and you wouldn't approve Kendall because it like it doesn't tack. It's it's a little sticky. It actually it doesn't feel as sticky as it is till the, the the carrier agent, which is like an alcohol or something, evaporates out. But then it gets relatively sticky. But you literally wash it with water, and it, the, the filter comes out like it's brand stinking new. It it won when we did this. That's how I started using it. We did an air filter shoot out back at Dirt Rider, and I'm like, I didn't trust the stuff. You know, it was just kind of like, you know, and I had a lot of experience with no toil, which I actually had decent luck with. Um, but I, I was like, well, let's see. And we put these things, all these filters through all the different oils and stuff through a battery of stuff. But we really use them. And this stuff was amazing. But I don't have, you know, and people said, well, what if water gets on it? Like you're riding and water splashes on it. If water gets on it it's it's like you have to agitate it to actually wash it out if you hit it with a pressure washer sure it's a problem but there's there's something to be said for if you if there's something you know and you trust keep using it you know um if you're going to experiment take it as an experiment is my yeah that's take. that's so true if you got something that works like just keep doing it i mean i just think we see some of the most extreme conditions and elements like when we're going through silt beds or you know, let's say it's just raining crazy and there's big rivers and you're killing your bike to float them across and stuff like you got water and silt will always find a way in. Yeah. For the so, eventually, I mean, if you plug the fill, if it'll take, take the path least resistance. I've had, I've had kids to help me out around here, oil the filters and not need it in underneath the rubber grommet and the stuff just, you know, doesn't take, doesn't take much. So, um, Okay, next question. You're gonna you're gonna get the run of these. Kevy asks, I'm rebuilding my 17250 XCW crank rebuild, new top end, etc. What the hell are people using to remove and torque the primary nut? On my dad's old KTMs, no, my old KTMs, I used an old CR250 tranny gear to lock everything during disassembly and reassembly. Also, at some point, could you address using grease, oil, assembly lube, and thread lock on fasteners and the importance of using a torque wrench? Thanks. So let's just answer the first one. We'll, we'll, we'll clip after this and we'll answer his other question. Primary gear, what do you use? There's a great company called Motion Pro and they make a little like keychain tool. Looks like a little keychain. Has a magnet on it. Well, it's just a little aluminum. Yeah, it looks like a little a blue gear. anodized aluminum jammer, basically. Right. And you're able to jam that thing in the gears and lock it up so you can get the nut off without. And it's soft aluminum, so it's not going to damage anything. And it's well worth. Yeah. And it has it has a magnet. In it, so it sticks to the. Yeah. To the gear. It's, yeah. It, every toolbox it's, should have one if you're going to be going inside your engine. Right. So, you know what I told him? Guess what I told him? What'd you tell him? What do you think I told him? Same thing. No, I, I, w I was going to tell him this because <laughs> I, I, I have, I have, I have this tool, but not here. It's in, it's at the house in California. And I was kind of looking for it the you other used day. used an old gear? Nope. Piece of toothbrush? Nope. I don't know. Let's hear it. Penny. A penny. Yeah. Just stuck a penny in the gears. It's copper. It wedged him. Worked, and he's he's like he's like a penny saved is a penny earned. And then and then he and then he literally came back like WTF? You used a penny, really? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, really. I used a penny. I mean, in, in a in a pinch, it's it it works because I don't have that tool that you just spoke of, which is a which is a great tool. So hey, we're gonna go ahead and take a break now. We're gonna get to the uh, the all the other stuff. Yeah, the torque, the torque wrench and then restrender. Okay, see you in a Bring few. Bring out some new guests. Bye, people.
What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for enjoying our commercial break. Those are the companies that support Dirt Bike Test and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Andrew Short, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. For five minutes, right? Yeah, it's my bedtime. You're on a schedule. Yeah. He's been busy. He's been on a media tour out here. He goes to the big shows, but he still comes in and supports his, his little friends over here. <laughs> he got me, got me on Pulp last night. Drug me in there again. Yeah. So uh, I was just slamming Steve's white claws over in the corner while you guys were answering all the hard questions. Yeah, you're good at that. It's kind of like Kendall here. Yeah. Kendall's on the program too. Yeah. I know how it works. Um, so we had a question earlier about about the the Tenere, the new Tenere they showed at ICMA. You've the rally seen, version. Rally version. You've yeah. seen this. I haven't seen it, no. I, I mean, I've seen the, the press release. Oh, you've the seen the press from release? ICMA. Yeah. You haven't seen the real one? Not allegedly, not really. Yeah. It's never, no, well, they showed it at ICMA so they can talk about it at least. And they press released it. Have you ridden it? That's the question. No, I haven't ridden it. No. I, the only T7 I've ever even been on is yours. Oh. That you had. Okay. At a, a Wyoming event. That's a good bike. Yeah. I've That's heard a, great things about it. You rode it. I think around the parking lot. Right. Yeah. We need to go ride the Continental Divide Trail or something like that. Yeah, this like is that, on right? my bucket list. I really want to do this. I want to camp. I want to put all my gear on there. And I want to go with good people like you. I feel like this would be epic. Yeah. You'll get one? I'll ride the Continental Divide Trail. You'll ride the Continental Divide Trail. He's got a six-speed. He's good. <laughs> 990. Yeah. Oh, you have a 990. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a 990. That was my first adventure bike. Beast. Okay. I have adventure bikes. Chris I'll Parker tuned. I, I Rottweiler performance. Yeah. I've been there before. Does he sponsor the show? He should, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should. Yeah, he should. Uh, Matt, Rottweiler performance, hit him up. Oh, it's on the list. Okay. It's on the list. Uh, they can sponsor a, a, a segment or two. So Andrew, how's uh, how's rally training going? It's going really good. Uh, we were planning on some short, fast days and uh, working on a few things. And they've been long. I don't want to say slow, but there's been some long days, longer than they should have been, I think, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, it's been really good. A lot of you, fun. You know what this is? Violin. It's a little tiny, it's a little tiny fiddle. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking while I was sitting inside this nice, cozy office today. Staring I was at thinking a out there while I was riding how much fun it was. You missed out on a I'm, great day. I'm mad. I, I, I'm, I'm I, had, I, had, I had to do some um, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I'm house, yeah, that. house cleaning and stuff. Come on, like Jimmy, that. dust we, off that old Husenberg. Yeah, Casa de Husenberg. It finished here, but we had a good day. Good group of people. Great terrain. Good weather. A little bit of rain at the end, but yeah, you know, we'll take that. What and about your sweep rider? He is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but someone has to stay back and make sure we're on track and watch the trackers and. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Oh, no, yeah. I'm no. I, I if I would have been the see, that's why I can't be the sweet writer because I'd smoke all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is I I give you guys a, a, a it's like it's a bonus day every once in a while I take a day off so I don't have. But to. in all serious, we appreciate you for hosting Rally Central and uh, <laughs> man in the camp and putting up with everything. And I know you have a lot going on. You have some uh, controlled chaos in a sense, but we appreciate it, and you definitely. Um, I'm just petting my I'm petting my cat. That's I spend all day just your petting. Your cat is a savage. This thing is amazing. <laughs> and it's I can't right believe in. you lo- you come across as like a harsh brash dude, you know, like when I see you coaching a class and you just give it to him straight. I would never imagine you no, we being go, so yay. soft. We go yay. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how you, <laughs> you do it. But I never imagined you being so soft for a cat. cat. No, the cat's hard. Cats, you know the cat has a bullet in it. Yeah, no, I know this. You've told cats, me. Cats got cred. You tried to get me to feel it the other day, <laughs> and I was a little creeped out by this, but... She's got six nipples. You're going to hit one of them, you know, trying to find the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we talk about at Tech Talk Taco yeah. Tuesday, Andrew. Hey, hey you want to so, you read seriousness, the, you yeah, this Yamaha YZ two-stroke motorcycle. Oh. Yeah, I ordered one of these YZ85s. No, this other read right here you got. You're, Okay. Do you want to do the YZ one? Do we we did the two stroke one? Go ahead, do it again. For the next They're generation so- of riders, the YZ sixty five, which I bought one for my kid. It mm-hmm. was used and it was an amazing bike. It's like a little bit overbuilt, kind of like Yamaha, uh-huh. but it has a lot of the YZ eighty five parts on it. And it was a great bike. Yeah, I, I, I buy I, one again. I and I call Andrew every once in a while and he's usually out like I don't um, see Andrew. Andrew is the nicest guy in the whole world. He's nice to everybody. Everybody tells you this, but when he's out with his kid, he's got his kid like, you know, stuck in a gully or dangling off the edge of a cliff. And he, and, and generally I call him right at this time and he's like, Oh, glad you called. I was just like telling my kid how to do this. Jimmy, what is he supposed to do? And I just go get over the back and clutch it a few times. <laughs> and he puts in some extra spice with the words. And so then I say, what would Jimmy do? And then he gets to say like some bad words and he gets really excited. But yeah, we have an enduro loop at our house and it's awesome. It's off limits right now. Cause my son likes hunting and, uh, and this is where all the deer bed. So we're not allowed to ride it currently. And it really bums me out. <laughs> But uh, on this Enduro loop, we have a lot of off cambers and really tight trails and all this stuff. And he crashes a lot. And so your name comes up quite often. Because I I can teach the crashing. Yeah. On Jimmy Lewis (laughs) off-road schools. So so the YZ65 takes the crashing and keeps on ticking. No, he's on YZ85. He's now he's on it. But we ordered this new one that you're talking about in this read. And it was supposed to be here in December. But the whole month of December so far, I've been here at your place. So I haven't called the dealership to see if it's well, going to arrive. Does he know it's coming? He, he knows, unfortunately. He knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So we yeah. remind him because his Christmas list is pretty long. We said, hey, dude, you're getting a brand new YZ85. You need to shorten that list up a little bit because <laughs> you're pretty lucky. Yeah. So um, Dakar this year. Getting excited. Yeah, I'm really excited for Dakar. I think it's uh, obviously it's a massive event and you work all year for this um, big race and 
a lot can go right or a lot can go wrong, but that excitement of the challenge is what everyone lives for. And um, I think it will be, you, you just, you just don't know. You hope, you hope the navigation's gnarly. I would, I, yeah, I would like that. But <laughs> I feel like in Saudi with the sand valleys and just the train in general, it's typically in certain areas and certain days, it's really fast. And uh, this is not something that's my specialty I'm super comfortable with. But uh, if I can minimize the losses on these days, I think when it does get tough and there's some navigation, then hopefully I can use this as a to come back and, and get some of that time back and be a strength of mine. So we'll uh, see how it goes. I think if you have some good luck on your side, it's about the last time. couple of years have been some bad, bad luck. Dude, the water is the worst, so the worst bad. scenario. Yeah. And the year before I had a big crash because I just got a little antsy and I had blown fork seal and no front brake and. I was on the gas and I should have been a little smarter and laid up a little bit. And instead I laid on my head on the ground. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, this is, I think, I, you know, you all think we have your desert us grown out here in the desert. We think we have some, some sort of spidey sense or something like this. Cause you say that. No, I, I, I think that we all hit our heads enough times to where we slowed down and got it, got it back in line. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you, you just, you're just going through the process. Yep. Yeah. It's just the process. So you're there. So I have hope. We'll yeah. See. <laughs> Plenty of hope. I think, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not worried when the navigation gets tricky. I think you'll know, be right there. So, uh, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew makes a few books out here and tries to stump us all up. And then we tell him his books are no good. Yeah. That's what you do. <laughs> That's why I don't ride your books, you know? Yeah. You never ride. No, I do. When, when I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Go practice them. I go, yeah. I go practice. I usually, I, usually I go, I, at the, I really, I go pre-run them all on like a helicopter or something. Try to make it, you know, easy. Trophy truck style. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put tracks on them. So I fly them in a helicopter. No, I just, I, I, I ride them every once in a while. Usually after you guys ride them so I can follow the tracks because I'd get lost. And then laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Do we have any questions in the chat room for, uh, for Andrew. Uh, yeah. So Brendan Springer Davis, he's, he's got a couple more. Uh, he wants to know if there's actually fuel quality control this year. So sure. He doesn't get hosed. He's going to be rooting for you guys this year. I'll be yelling at the TV for the live tracking. Uh, the second part of the question, the tracking is actually quite good. If you get the app and you can see the segments and it's, it's pretty interesting if you follow it in, in this way. Um, but the fuel quality, this is just something that, uh, I think there's awareness from the, from ASO and all the promoter, but it's just how it is. And I think you have to be a little bit smart on how you do this. Obviously I learned my lesson. Also, I think from the sporting end, um, from our team, I think they're better prepared this year for this, um, just to handle it. So I don't know is this is how Dakar is. If it's meant to go your way, it goes your way. And if it's not, um, it's just the nature of the beast. So live and learn. And it definitely wasn't a, a great situation for me last year, but, uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, his second question is, uh, do you change setup between say, uh, stages at all? Mm, no, not so much. I, I don't, I feel like if it's rally, you need to be pretty average. And I think the easiest thing to change is the rider. So if you can adapt uh, with the terrain and you have a good base setup, I think you should be in the ballpark and make the most of it. Yeah. We've, 
I don't remember changing my setup that much. Just had a good had a good setup. We we had different tanks, so so if we went up on tanks, we might go up on springs on something, but wasn't too, too when I was crazy. At, yeah, when I was at KTM and Husky, we could um, preload the spring pretty easy on the top of the fork cap. So if I knew I was going to sand, uh, like big dunes or soft sand, I'd always do a full lap on that, and it was pretty easy to to load the pressure spring. Or vice versa, if I knew there was going to be fast piece or really rocky, I would go back out and this would give it some more initial plushness. But that's what I would do it like refuel or something like that. But with my bike currently, I don't do that. John Jackson wants to know, with Audi going electric, electric this year at Dakar, when do you think the bikes will have an electric class? I'm not super educated on the whole electric thing, but I... Uh, for I don't see it with the range. Yeah. It, it would be the slowest Dakar ever. It'd be... It, it, and you know, and you estimate right now it's about a hundred, hundred kilometers. You you were saying, or hundred miles. I, I think you get a hundred kilometers on a bike at, at a at a half the speed you guys are going now. Yeah, I would guess. You know, with with a with a pretty high battery density, and you know, it's really bad about batteries. <laughs> the bike doesn't get any lighter when it runs out yeah. of power. <laughs> at least but, the gas goes down. I mean, your bike's a big difference between full and empty. Yeah, I think. You know, in the future with electric, how they can recover that energy that's going out, if they can recycle that or use that to, you know, to like regenerate regen. it. Yeah. And I think this is going to be the key. And even you look at the Audi project on how they're powering the electric units. And it's, in my opinion, it's not so green, but it's for motorsport i think it's great and maybe that technology will be pushed further and we'll see what yeah, it's, it's going to evolve i mean yeah. it's going to evolve it's you know whether when it when it's you know, when it's going to be for like long distance you know cross country type of stuff that's a whole different a whole different thing you know having to tug a generator out someplace to 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 charge your batteries is a little bit not exactly the the, the goal of it but even the cars right now have onboard generators to power the electric motor it's like yeah kind of backward yeah they they have to so Okay. Any other Scott Glimp? Do you find it easier to adapt riding style to rally or to supercross and motocross? Uh, for me, it's much more natural to ride motocross and supercross still to this day. And with rally, it's more just, uh, I really just enjoy it and I love it and it's still new and exciting and, uh, everything's coming at me fast. So that's why I enjoy rally so much is it's not as natural and I think this is what gives me the the passion and drive to kind of learn and be better at it. You know, each day I wake up and that's what I think about, not motocross and supercross so much. Yeah, that was Scott Glimp's question. I used to race against him back in the old best in the desert days. Robert Covington, is your support truck competing against the other trucks? <laughs> I think Johnny would know the RV race is better than <laughs> world, I would, but world championship. World cha yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think they really frown upon this. But oh, the 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 motorhome world championships. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what they say, right? <laughs> I don't the think they know it exists. And, yeah, kinda, they know it exists. Oh, they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know the watering those things up and dumping the tanks is just like craziness. Yeah, I think in the old days the trucks would go on the racetrack, right? Oh. Pfft. Yeah, and like the, like the trash trucks, what they call the so, trash trucks. So it'd be more of a competition. 
they they well the whole the whole rally had to move along the course because the course was the best way to get between the 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 bivouacs and they they had what they call a t6 route and so there was the race course and then there was a t6 route which might have gone a couple hundred kilometers out of the way to go around some dunes or or used more like established routes but those were the those are the big giant support trucks so that's six wheels so t6 stood for um six wheels instead of four and and so most of the teams would have a t4 truck and it could have been like a it, a T4 could have been like a like an SUV kind of thing, like a Range Rover, uh, or it could have been like one of those big Unimogs yeah. that that it, it was a it was like the fast support truck, and they would have parts for different things. But it's it's changed quite a bit now. It's I still think they have a lot of the same. Like the, uh, most teams have a parts truck like a, that and on the yeah. on the course to yeah, to, I mean, to keep you going. Nowadays, like all the support vehicles have a trippy device which gives you the route that you're supposed to drive, but also gives you the speed limit. And if you break the speed limit, you can receive a fine when you arrive to the bivouac because they scan your support vehicle. Yep. And if you do it enough, they can actually put a penalty against your rider. Oh. So it's, yeah, you're really not racing out there. You're just moving from bivouac to bivouac. Okay. One more from Brandon. Brandon. During the car, is the maintenance mainly routine or if they have time or do they do major swaps like motocross as fresh a bike as possible with time or is it mainly preventative and fixing any problems? I say it's more the latter. Kendall would know this more than anything. I think rest day, they pretty much redo everything. Piston and... Yeah, there's certain things that you can't change and they change these rules from year to year. Can you, um, can you do a top end this year without penalty? Yeah. Yeah, you can do a top end, but you can't remove the motor, motor out of, can't out come of out the of chassis. The frame, yeah. They have wires on that. Um, I mean, I think they controlled the tires and the wheels last year. Or the wheels. Same this year. You have yeah, to choose they, a brand. They control the tires. They control a couple parts. They control the chassis. They control the engine, the bottom end of the engine. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess everything could be replaced other than those things. Yeah. Okay. Well, Andrew's got to get going. Yes. Got to get up early. Yeah. Yeah. So you like getting up early. What is the plan? We'll find out after. Just wake up in your normal time. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't beat up my cat. Be nice to my cat. Selma brought me a, la a rat last night. Yeah, big old rat. Yeah. I think she got the big old rat out of your. Uh, she, I think she pulled. I think you exported that thing from Texas. Because that was everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, it was a it was a nice big one. It was a little stiff, but it was kind of cold. So yeah, she she got a couple of pigeons this week. She's doing good. Go. She's earning her keep. Yeah, and she's getting fat. But we don't like to say that about the girls. Come on. Uh, okay, Kendall, we're gonna answer more technical questions here. Did, did Ricky make it back in, or is he still out there working on his bike? Handlebars. He doesn't want to come in and rate some bikes. Tell him. Tell him. He doesn't want to rate bikes. He doesn't want to do rooster endo. Can you slide that thing towards me, Andrew? Andrew, you want to slide this this board, this rooster endo board? So, for those who don't know what rooster endo is, this is like the new board. I don't know what rooster endo is. Oh, you don't watch the show, everyone. I thought everybody watches the show every week. Oh yeah, don't knock that over. Kendall left. That's going to be really dangerous. I can probably balance it over here. Watch this. Okay. Hey, we have to finish that one question. 
Oh yeah. So he wants to know uh, about using when you're reassembling a, a motor, he wants to know about using a torque wrench. So I'm really familiar with the, with the Honda brand and the Honda parts manual. And I consider that thing like a Bible. So I would assume all the brands are very similar. And if you get the service manual, look through it, it's going to give you detailed instructions on what you should do because there's different specs for different things. Obviously, uh, a high quality torque wrench is highly recommended. You know, some people got the feel because they've wrenched their whole life, but I recommend a torque wrench. You, you, you can't learn the feel without a torque wrench. Yeah, you definitely need a torque wrench. And there's such light torques on certain bolts and stuff that it's just so important can, to have can, that. You can literally grab the ratchet in the wrong spot and over torque or under torque it if you don't have the feel. Yeah, and I, I mean, anyone who works on their bikes knows, knows what it's like to break a bolt off or strip something out. So definitely highly recommended. So, uh, the other question was, uh, what about, um, using grease oil assembly lube and thread lock on fasteners? Yeah. And again, the manual is going to specify those things. Um, like certain parts of the motor require you to put motor oil on it. Yep. And then other ones require a thread lock and they'll tell you what type of thread lock to use. Yeah. And Honda has three different three different colors yeah they have kinds yeah the honda line has three different colors you're right and so So. it's 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 funny because i actually a lot of times in this show you know somebody will ask me a question about something specific and i'll say well the best thing you can do is read your owner's manual and then i go into but (laughs) you can stick a penny between the gears and you know get get the job done so there's 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 different ways of doing things but there's always the best way the proper way the right way and you especially coming from having a background as being a factory mechanic and knowing that how to do it at the top level, as well as knowing how to do it when you're out in your, uh, what was the name of this? The, 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 um, your, uh, your saga down in Baja, what was it called? Flops oh, and chasing and summer, chasing summer. Somebody asked about that. Uh, you, you have a way of fixing bikes on chasing summer. Yeah. I mean, uh, being an off-road racer, you're going to inquire or you're going to have the whole MacGyver thing go down where you've got to just make something out of nothing. But I definitely, if you're enthusiastic on working on your own bike and don't want to go to the shop, definitely get yourself a service manual, which is different than the owner's manual that the bike comes with. Yeah. Owner's manual tells you how to start it. Yeah. The, the service manual is a lot more detail on every bolt nut and part of the bike. And so, yeah, go pick yourself up one of those and, uh, start learning yeah and i see people do a lot of weird things like they put silicone on bolts to use it as like a as like a thread you know (laughs) thread lock and um you know different you know putting assembly lube on parts that you probably shouldn't have assembly lube on and not understanding to put you know i've seen them pack it all over a cam in a motor where that oil is going to end up in the clutch and then it's like eh, not the best thing you know so uh understand yeah, what, yeah. What and I think for. the the person was asking about assembly lube. I mean, assembling an engine just always just use like engine oil for the basics. We'll get you by. But yeah, it's important to lube everything when you're assembling an engine. Yep. So Kevy, that's uh that's Kendall's advice and mine as well. Hey Logan, you come over here and help us with the uh with the rooster endos? Because I don't think Kendall knows how this works. He, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a valid opinion on most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Ray Harrison wants to know, please talk a little bit about the smart carb. 
back in the day, I ran Electron in place of the stock Bings on my air-cooled KTMs. He's dating himself. These smart carbs look similar. Um, I think they're, they, they do look similar. Uh, I, I, I've had run Electrons before and, uh, I have run smart carbs before. So it's, um, it's essentially, <laughs> it's a car. So the smart carb is a carburetor that does all of its adjustments through some, mostly through external adjustments. A lot of it's done through the needle. So you can, you know, they have a way where you can adjust the needle externally. And then there's like a, I'm pretty sure on some of them now there's a, there's a, you can adjust the main jet uh, through the um, side of the, uh, so the carburetor. So externally uh, they kind of come for most bikes. I'm pretty sure they come kind of set you know kind of at a base a base setting but it's easy to tune them my experience in riding them is that they are very smooth like you you lose some of the hit that um uh more so a makuni would have but um you know to a lesser extent the kian would have and if they're if they're all properly jetted i i would suspect that they're all going to put out the equal same amount of power uh, if you like, and it's not, it's not smooth like fuel injection and, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure why I think it's because it's a carburetor and it's kind of analog where the fuel injection seems to be a little bit more precise, but it's, uh, just it, it, if you don't like snap, it's a great, it's a great carb. Like it takes some of the herky jerky out for at least on the, on the two strokes that I've. I've ridden them on. So uh, compared to this Bing, I used to race with Bing. No, Del Ordo. I had Del Ordo's on my KTM's. So I had Bing's on my BMW. So when I got gas, I got water in my gas. You know what you did, Kendall? There was a clip on the bottom of the bowl. You pulled the clip off, went like this, put it back on. Took it was two carburetors, so it took three minutes to drain the water. Kind of a different times. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, do you know you know what Roosterando is? Can it, you lead us off? Uh, it's so what it is. It's people, uh, the the listeners, the viewers, send us um, videos and or pictures and descriptions of their bike, and we tell them whether their bike roosts or endos. So the way you judge this is, um, I don't know if you could see on this side, but over here there's a Honda three wheeler. It's George's. Um, ATC over a little 185. bit. 185. I can turn it over. Uh, sco just scoot it down the table. Scoot it down the table. Okay. Just to show, just to show that part. There's no way I'm taking the Husaberg off the screen. Uh, it, it was not even on screen. I real there's a, there, I'm realizing a flaw with the size of this board. Oh, Logan, see, you screwed up again. I made it big. Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's compensating for oh, the well, other one. Well, no, the Husaberg was where it belongs. <laughs> so, uh, so, so there's 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 this this is. This is the here. This is the 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 endo. It's like George sent this, and he said, "This is my favorite ride. It's a Honda Big Red ATC 185." And uh, and then on the other end, the bike all bikes are judged by is the Husaberg 570. <laughs> so now slide it the other way. <laughs> my 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 Hus, my Husaberg 570 is the one that all bikes are, which is the greatest which, bike in the world. As long as you don't have to work on it, which Jimmy don't, don't let me forget. I have a wonderful video. I need to edit for you, for you. Oh, really? It's, it, okay. it's going to be fantastic. It, it totally encapsulate, encapsulates what encapsulates. you feel. Yeah. For the 570. Okay. Does it have cats in it? 
Uh, no, no. Okay. It's uh, wait and see. Wait and see. Okay. So, so what Logan does is Logan um, will uh, grab the card. He'll tell us the name of the person. He'll hand us the bike and he'll tell us uh, what the, what the viewer uh, told us about their bike. And then we, then we, then we just like, we do a little deep dive on it, a little commentation. Okay. Let's go. Seth Waterfall. Okay. You can start looking at that. 2020 Husky TE 300i. Seat concept seat. TSP head and ECU flash. SXS side plate. FMF pipe and silencer. I think he's showing off with his picture up in the mountains. That that's Oh, that's, it's a lot more scenic. I, I cut off a lot of you, the scene. You, you cropped off the scenic? Yeah, yeah. You can't cheat here. Kennel, not not a big fan of the uh not a big fan of the uh the 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 water bottle or gas bottle strapped to the front fender. Yeah, definitely not a fan of the the gas bottle on the front fender. I, I used to put I used to put um tubes up there, like front tubes. I had the, the tube little tube sack that I put on there and stuff. But Kendall is also not a fr- fan of the 300i. In fact, one of his buddies gave him a call today. Well, personally, I don't know the i but, oh, but I, you, you, I heard some bad news about it you straight away went to but get, i do really like the get, 300 get the carb you straight you straight up said get the carbureted one and i was i started well what do you think i started having a temper tantrum over in the corner of the office i like the fuel injected uh bike so we have to we have to now so now we have to tell him whether it, it roosts or, or endos he's got some he's got some graphics on there he's got a lot did he say he had a head a cylinder head and what did he have on that thing? A cylinder head and a, a, a an ECU flash. flash. Like, what do you, where do you get? Where did he get his ECU flash? Like, is it just the updated TSB? P. TSP mm-hmm. two stroke performance. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give this guy the roost. Just go get a big tank. A big tank. Yeah. Get get more gas fuel capacity, and and you get a roost. So, but right now he's, he's got, oh, cause then he wouldn't have to carry the front tank thing on the tank. Yeah. The front, the front bottle might make you endo. So it could, it could be an endo right now, but it's, it's more in the middle of the, it's more I think in the he's doing the great. Look at the bike in the mountains. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get more of these things. You can go anywhere <laughs> you want with these. So, okay. We're going to put them right in the middle. It's that's, this is the middle of the line. So now we have lower. something to low, hang, put it down lower. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? So it, so sticks? it sticks. Okay. Ryan Ward. 2017 YZ250X. Pro circuit pipe silencer. Psycro Pro bend handguards. Tubeless. Really needs e-start. Oh, it does. It really does need e-start. Um, did he... Did He didn't wash the this thing before he shot the picture, but he might, maybe he was out on the trail. It looks like it's stretched out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's a blue crew. It's Yamaha. Yamaha sponsors this show. So you know how yeah, we, it, the the dirt's organic. The dirt's organic. It's not it's not fake dirt. Yeah. Well, let's get that guy a roost because Yamaha sponsors the show. Brought to you by Yamaha. I, I mean, that's a nice bike. It, it is a good bike, but he has to kickstart it. I mean. The guy in the KTM doesn't have to kickstart his. So and I'm not a big fan of kickstarting, but it is the X and he's riding off road and he's got hand guards on it and it is a good bike. So yeah, it's going to roost. 
So Wait, where, oh, here's and, and it doesn't have any crazy ECU flashing or something. You don't need to do that on the Yamahas. See, Logan's not happy with your taping right now. He's gonna, he's gonna just start on the next one. You can fix it when we're debating. Timo Shark Start. What? Oh, what? Give me the name. What? Timo Stark. Timo Stark sounds like a superhero or something like that. Seventeen KTM three hundred XCW. You know Motor- what that has? You know what that has the on carburetor. it? Carburetor. Carburetor. <laughs> yeah. Lab suspension revalve. Stock exhaust. Moto mounted mount with Baja Designs Pro Light radiator braces. Lots of plastic guards. Tubeless front and rear with Sinco. 520 DC and 216 fatty keen 36 swap Kaheen. Uh-huh. Oh, so he got rid of the Makuni and put the key on it. That's a, that's a good. Yeah. Swap. So that was, yeah, uh, we got a lot of ruse, but his fatty pipe looks like it's kind yeah, of, yeah, he went with the skinny. good, he went with the good carburetor. Yep. And he has a carburetor. <laughs> I just the only thing like I hope you ride alone because those tubeless when when you get a tire puncture you're out of the game and you're holding up all of your buddies uh, <laughs> so think twice before you install tubeless unless you, know, you like being alone you know Mojave Bob over there he's a <laughs> full tubeless guy so you're going you're going with well I mean you're going with endo maybe maybe it just everyone has different life experiences but I always put giant gashes through my tire and <laughs> and then you're you're kind of with a moose I'm still rolling right I, I run yeah. <laughs> oh so yeah he, uh, he changed from from tubeless for this reason, probably. Right. He doesn't have a front disc guard on it. That's good. I'm liking that. Um, it looks, it, lo- it looks, he looks like he does a little bit of extreme enduro. Look at all the race numbers on the back of that. Uh, yeah. A lot of plastic guard. I think for extreme enduro, he's got a good bike. Yeah. Except the, the, the car, when the bike flips upside down, the carburetors leak all over the ground. The fuel injection ones doesn't. Yeah. Except when he runs over that strange piece of metal that punctures his tire. <laughs> <laughs> you're not feeling this bike, are you? Even though it had a carburetor on No, I'm feeling it. Oh, you're feeling it. But I'm going to let you make the decision. Uh, I I think... I like the fact that he changed the carburetor. I'm going to give him a roost. We're getting too soft over here, aren't we? That was a, that was a good move. I, I don't know if that's... Because, you know, I always pick on the people that flash the ECUs. I don't know why the ECU flashing. So, who knows? Tubeless in the desert. Endo. That's what Brian England says. And uh, with a tickler, they must be talking about... Um, uh, the previous bike. The previous bike. Well, yes. the, the, he's talking about the Bing. The Bings used to have a tickler on them. It was, a, <laughs> it, was it was basically to flood the engine so it would start. It's a nice it, looking bike. Andy Hansen, 2021 KTM 300 EXCW TPI. Oh, that's good. Capacitor under seat for bump starting an easy idle screw for from that's Slavin's race. That's good. So, so that capacitor under the seat. So this is a thing that um, if your battery ever just completely breaks or, you know, just goes completely dead, the KTMs a lot of times will not run. You need to have, you need to have a way of kind of keeping some power into the system. And I carry in my little, my little pouch, I always have a capacitor in case of this happening. And I've had it happen a few times. Generally when some ding dong, um, leaves the, the key on and you did that. 
Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, or did I just say ding dong? And that you're thinking that might be your new name. Well, either you're going to make a joke about it or I was just going to. I've done it too. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely unguilty. The light is on in his pit bike every night. The light on his pit bike is on. Because he has a right. pit bike. Oh. And every yeah. day I walk in and go out <laughs> to work at four in the morning and the light's on. But that doesn't kill the battery, though. It does. Oh, it does kill the battery. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, Logan, Logan, Slowly. Logan. You, 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 <laughs> think after, you think after the first fifth time. hundred times? Corporal, pun, corporal punishment. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to inflict some pain. Uh, yeah, you know that's sometimes that's maybe yeah you know, I don't know. Uh, okay, keep going. Bulletproof billet, TPI cover, swing arm guards, front Acherby's brake rotor cover, and fork <laughs> shoe covers. Well, at least it's not a metal rear, big giant metal disc up there. Rear brake rotor cover, Psychropro bend handle guards, handlebar guards. Front and rear tugger straps, carbon pipe protector, FMF spark arrestor, exhaust, exhaust flange protector, Ed Cherby side clutch and motor protectors, TMD skid plate, bulletproof billet chain guide support. He's got a lot of good stuff on that, but he doesn't have the Trail Tech kickstand. So, so that kickstand is going to break off. And then his bike's going to be laying over on its side and all the other good parts aren't going to look good when it's laying on its side. So even though it's a TPI bike and I really, I really like it, um, I've decided I'm going to make most of the KTM TPI bikes uh, endo now. I, it's a, it's a personal thing because then maybe I, I think I'm going to do my part to drive the price down a little bit <laughs> um, so I can have two of them eventually. So. I've got two. <clears throat> uh, that's what you TPIs. think. Yeah, that's what you think. You have two of them. It sounds like well, they could be taken away pretty quick. Yeah, but you get disqualified for leaving the light on. They don't have lights. Well, mine does, but <laughs> Danny Turner, 2004 ZRX 1200 R adventure bike, Michelin Power V, not tires. <laughs> Great for the blue groove. Not so much for the mud. 135 plus horsepower, three times what the Hoosa turd has. <laughs> State of the art twin shock suspension. Low mileage, 36,000 miles. This bike has seen both coast, both coasts. Seen drag strip abuse. Four point four seconds at 104 quarter miles. Made laps at a few. Road race tracks. What kind of what kind of exhaust does it have on it? Does he say? No. Does it have a Kirker kicks ass? <laughs> Remember those ads? You remember, that, yeah. too, too, that might have been at the you know when you first started to read, your dad probably had to cross out the ass part. <laughs> uh, well, this thing is going to set a new standard here on uh, on the thing because like. You got to balance out the the Hoosa turd on the other end there with the, the spot. So it's going to give George's bike a little bit of company down here. Oh no, or, it's even off. It's off the screen. It's, oh, it's really off the screen. Well, that's that's yeah. okay. Yeah. How fast did it go? Uh, I'll drag race him. You bring that thing. You bring that second. You bring that thing out here to Nevada. We'll go to my dirt drag strip and we'll do a little drag race. 
just as is, just as pictured. I'll take the Husenberg pictured like that, and you take yours pictured like no bumps, straight up drag race in the dirt. Husen turtle, kill it. <laughs> you don't say that about my bike. Okay, is that it? Yeah. Uh, oh, we got one more. We have. Is that the picture of the one we got a video on? Yes, yes. But turn your turn, turn the headphones uh, oh. volume down so I don't blast your guys' well, ears out. Go ahead and just pull them down. Yep. Okay. So here we go. You might want to pull them down. Well, hold on. Goes. So I, I didn't test this so before the show. So we're gonna see how this is gonna turn out. This is one of Ricky's buddies. Some dirt bike test guys. Gotta hold on. We have issues. Uh. <laughs> Some dirt bike test guys. Gotta. Is it high speed? One second. No, that's right. Uh, oh. I need to go in studio mode here. One second. We can. Uh, this is great podcasting to fix it. here. Okay, you know what? We're going to fix it. We're going to are we saving this one for next week? No, we can we can get this fixed. We can get this fixed. So I'm not too worried about it. I don't know it. if there's going to be a show next week. Depends on where we're at on Tuesday. I could call in. I can call into this show. I don't even need to be here. Remember when we did the Glamis one at Glamis? The live show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we might be there. Anywhere, everywhere. I know how to, I know how to do that. It would uh, just actually I'll have to send it in to Matt and he'll have to put it on all the platforms cuz we have like we have two people that watch us on Grinder or wherever we yeah, it was dark at five. We got to okay. have something to do. <laughs> right. All right. This should be good to go now. Okay. Here we go. Some dirt bike test guys. Got a roost and Nindo. Sorry, there's a flyer right there for you for this week. Um, it's my very first dirt bike. It's a 1979 RM50. It's got some sentimental value since I first bike, you know. So I, I restored it when I was 18 and. It kind of just sits here, makes it look pretty on the shelf. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy about it. It's my first bike, so didn't do too much. Um, yeah, pretty good. Ricky, don't you have better things to do than harass me about Roots and Indo? How about you uh, go wrestle around a freaking 9,000-pound motorcycle all day, would you? Instead of harassing me about sending something in, you know? All right, I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> hey, re- respect. Setting, setting, new, <laughs> setting new standards. Uh, so, I think it, it, his his video is backwards because it's number six on the bike. There, it was, it was. Is that how those filters work? They backwards everything? No, no. It's it's just, just you just yeah. switch. It, it takes the the lips and it's like right. It's it's, I like that it says he shot it down low. It says free underneath his table here. And where he was shooting that video, it says, it says free. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's so, backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so, getting the picture for the chat here. Uh, right. There we go. For the chat. There's the picture. So I remember when I was a kid and there was another kid that had one of these and they had a YZ 50 also. So there was this and then the, the Yamaha was a little bit newer. What year is it? Man, I think the 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 YZ sixty was at nineteen eighty, and I, I don't remember. Did he say what year this was? I missed it. I, I think this is a little bit older, but these weren't as trick as those. That that YZ sixty had monoshock, but these things reminded me. I mean, now when I smell like uh, castor oil, because that's that was the what the two stroke oil you ran in these things was. So this thing's pretty cool. That's a that's a roost 
especially if he pulls it off of the shelf and brings it out for flat track. Because like George could probably break a couple ribs on that thing. That thing, that thing's probably pretty wicked compared to the uh, the the mighty fifty that took him out uh, the last time at the uh, at the flat track. So we'll tape that up on the roost. Yeah, zone. definitely a roost. Yeah. So, uh, all good. I think we got a couple more quick quick little questions for us tonight on the show. We got to go out and get ready to get up super early and go ride. Yeah. More uh, stuff do you want to get some from that little from the sheet, or do you I'll, want me to pick take some from the chat? I'll here? get it from the sheet. Okay. Uh, the fix a slipping clutch video. Joe Meyer says, "Can switching to a synthetic oil cause the clutch to slip at higher revs?" I seem to now have a slipping at the end of the throttle range, or when wanting to crack the throttle and pull out to pass a car, just to hit it. Now I get a long, drawn-out acceleration instead of a snappy front tire lifting experience. I replaced the clutch plates, thinking that they were cooked, but no change with the new plates. Next step, change back to a conventional oil. Man, <clears throat> I've I've rarely had just a switch to, unless it's a, a super slippery synthetic oil, um, but if, if it's not like a like some crazy oil, if it's just kind of run of the mill, I haven't really had that um, happen. He didn't say uh, like what kind of bike he was on. So yeah, I mean, it's super funny. This question came you. up. I just ran into a guy in Baja that was doing a huge adventure, ran all the way from Portland down to Baja. And I don't know his end destination, but he was on a long one. And uh, he had a 250L Honda, the CRF. Yep. And yeah, he went on some YouTube video and watched their recommendations on oil and he ran it. And I'm not sure which oil he used, but he fried his clutch so bad in, in the middle of Baja and was just doing everything he could to get a little bit of grip out of it. <laughs> so it's it, at that point, like, is it is it rider abuse? Or is um, it? I I mean I know for a fact like the Molly the oil with oh, for sure with Molly will well, will ruin your clutch yes yeah and, and and there are like I said there are some very slippery synthetics that are designed to not be run in things with clutches that will happen you think about it, if that guy rolled all the way down from Portland on that thing imagine how much he was riding it you know wide open down the freeway just yeah and, and I don't traffic. know like that he might have like gotten like you know. 1500 miles in or more and and wanted to change his oil and went on youtube and got a recommendation oh, oh and, even in mid-ride and then mid-ride and then the next day started slipping and then he got to a situation where he was really noticeable and questionable whether how far he would make it because I, I always i always kind of go back to the first thing is just rider abuse and especially when rider you know more novice riders get in the sand they start pumping the clutch which is always amazing to me because your wheels already spinning like, why are you slipping the clutch? They just don't trust the torque of the motorcycle to let it out. But um, the the I don't think that that I would I would I would doubt that it's a hundred percent just oil. I'm just kind of going off my my you know crazy way I figure this stuff out. But I would think that there was something else going wrong. And if you if you just threw plates right back in and it instantly happened, it takes a little while for that oil to 
you know, kind of get the the bad stuff that is slippery to embed in the clutch in my experience. So maybe there's something wrong with the adjustment. You know, the if it was slipping like he was talking about, could it have worn stuff down so that now the clutch can't completely compress or, you know, you know, put the spring tension on it that it needs on the plates. So there's there is that. And uh, but uh check I, you know the the manual you know those things those service yeah. manuals they give you gaps installed gaps and they tell you how thick that stuff needs to be so that's a good place to start but yeah. i've seen it i've seen it where people just don't have their clutch lube properly and it and it so it's like constantly you know drag you know it's always it's not really releasing the clutch all the way you know something as simple as that or a handguard i've seen people's handguards push their clutch in just a little bit, just enough to get it hot and it slips and it fries and then it's done. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're on the road and you've got to get some oil, maybe just go for your regular non-synthetic to be safe. If you've eliminated all the other possibilities of the problem. Yep. (laughs) So we have the two stroke performance KTM 150 SX. I guess Trevor rode this Ryan Nitson. Says very cool. Love seeing Trevor in front of the camera. Um, I don't think Ryan and Trevor are dating right now, but that was nice of him to to say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on our video, first laps on the YZ250, Paul Hetherington says almost all vids at this track is fraudulent, native laws, and cannot jump ninety degrees off them tabletops matt have you ever seen a robot reply to one of our videos before? oh yeah yeah a well, bot. this was the second there, there was another comment that there was there was there was just as robotic but this one was the better one right that's this was a very angry robot paul heatherton you need to change your password uh because you've got a robot reply replying to our videos so um have a have a nice uh, nice night yeah, yep. <laughs> it's probably it's probably deducting money out of your bank account right now too. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the internet. Uh, again, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors: Yamaha, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takamoto, Bulletproof Designs, Kendall Norman, JCR, Ricky Brabeck. Who else? George. George. Andrew is George giving you money Jim he gave you money yeah he paid for 10 shows. Bob oh he paid for 10 shows yeah, yeah. do you hand me cash yeah and it just went right into my pocket and disappeared yes who uh yeah Andrew Short was on the show it was nice to have Andrew Ricky ditched us like he said that was, that was good um, he was very much looking forward to Rooster Endo. I'm surprised he left. Yeah, he's got work to do. It's yeah. like, like it's rally life. It's late nights, early mornings, cold, yeah. heat, bruises, Jimmy bitching and complaining about everything. No food. I never give you guys food. What do you guys eat? Like in the morning? Oatmeal. No, really? Yeah. Yeah, Day we shakes? had some oatmeal. Date, date shake. shake. Yeah. If you eat a date shake in the afternoon, you don't need to eat in the morning, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, Kendall, thanks for coming on and uh, helping us. Maybe when I, you know, when I'm absent, you can come in and answer the tech questions. So I think you got a grasp on this stuff. Yeah. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Wide range of experience here. Uh, okay. Um, thanks for everybody in the chat room for sticking around with us. Thanks for everybody that's listening. By the way, you can watch this live on YouTube and on Facebook at seven o'clock every Tuesday night. You can, that's specific time. That's like out here in the West. 
you can uh, follow us on all the different platforms. If you want to submit a question, submit it on one of the videos or post on, on, a, on one of our Facebook posts. We kind of ask for questions usually on Tuesday afternoon. If you have a question that you can't get a better answer someplace else, because you know, some, you can also go shopping for answers and see, see how that works out for you. You can also uh, email your questions to Matt at Jimmy Lewis Also send your rooster endo or just tech cl- uh, question clips to me as well. And if you need riding lessons, Matt can help you out with riding lessons too, especially if you're a beginner. Yes. He's yes. got, he's got his, he's got his, he's going to have beginner rider classes out here pretty soon. I mean, he does them privately, but he's going to do group lessons real soon. Right, Matt? Yep. Yep. Starting this Sunday. <laughs> Starting this Sunday. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How'd you know? And uh, I do want to thank everyone who's been listening tonight. We set a record for peak live viewership. Oh yeah. We got, we hit 90 live viewers. It might have been more too, but... What did they do? Did COVID close everything down and lock everybody in their house again? Well, I think they all came for Paul. Oh, right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he was the big pull. (laughs) Okay, Paul gets to be the host of the show next week. So, okay, everybody, thanks a lot. We're going to see you. We will see you out in the trail. Cheers.